All right, welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 15. Uh, starting us off today, Hunter, I believe you have a drink in hand. Absolutely. If you don't, um, I would like you to fix that. No, I, have, I already showed you my drink, Cass. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, I went to the liquor store a week or so ago, and while I was gazing at the vast selection of gin, um, there was a, a gentleman who came up to me. I'm pretty sure he didn't work at the store. Like, he had a black polo on, so it looked like he could have been working there, but I'm pretty sure by the way he was talking, he wasn't. He kind of, like, told me all all I needed to know about some of the gin that I'd never tried. Uh, one of the ones he recommended was this one right here. This is the Drum Shambeau Gunpowder Irish Gin. It's like a T-bomb gin is the way he described it, so... It's slightly less alcohol percentage than you normally expect with the gin. It's a 43%, like a, like a couple percent lower than most gin. Uh, it has uh, gunpowder tea and a hint of Sardanian citrus. So it is a very flavorful gin. Um, much like easier to drink just straight on, on the rocks. Uh, well, I guess straight on the rocks are different. But, you know, without anything else in it than, uh, you know, the average gin. It's uh, very tasty, and I'm having it with some tonic today, so... It's, uh, I've, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm interested. Is a gunpowder tea a smoky tea? So is it like a bit of a smoke gin? Uh, I'm not getting that flavor from it. So I don't know what I didn't look up what gunpowder tea is. Um, but yeah, it doesn't taste smoky to me. Yeah, that it's, was it's just, very clean taste. That was my uh, my thought immediately. It was like, oh, that sounds even worse than normal gin for me. But uh, if it's not smoky, then it's just as bad as normal gin, probably. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. Gin and he hates PD drinks. <laughs> That'd be the double yeah, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, make uh, Chase uh, cringe at the thought drink. of drinking whatever yeah. drinks. Actually, if you um, if you mix some wine in with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Just would absolutely love it. Like a really, a really what? like uh, sweet white wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I would love that. Just my favorite drink combo right there. Gin and white wine. <laughs> and smoky. Yeah. So I just looked it up and uh gunpowder tea is actually about the method that the tea is, I guess, like processed. So it's a form of tea in which each leaf has been rolled into a small round pellet. Its English name comes from its resemblance to grains of gunpowder. So it's usually hmm. either oolong or green tea that's used to make it. Okay. I mean, that's cool. You can, like, get some oh. fucking buckshot tea. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tarkov style. Yeah. Shoot <laughs> some buckshot <laughs> into your uh, boiling water, and, oh, baby, you're good to go. All right, well, speaking of all the keywords of things that I hate, um, the beer that I'm drinking today, the reason I bought it is it literally just said every keyword that I like on it. Um. We picked up this can at the liquor store. Uh, Cass and I were there earlier, and it literally just looks like it was like a uh, like a YouTube videos keywords yeah, suggestion like the list. Thing. Yeah, the buzzwords <laughs> of um, what I like in a beer, and so it is the Russell Brewing Sour IPA. Um, it has a giant hazy across the side of the can, and then the on the other side of the can it says mosaic and galaxy which are the hops that oh, uh, are used in it so it was literally like they went through my past drinking history and was like this guy likes hazy ipas sours uh and specifically galaxy and mosaic hops yeah. <laughs> and uh that's 
yeah, that's basically what they put into a beer. So uh, I've drank about half of the first one, and it's fucking delicious. So yeah, I have during, no complaints here. Yeah, during one of the intermissions, I'm going to have to go over and uh, try some of that. Yeah, you will, because it's honestly so good. Yeah, it's, like, it, like it, that's also my buzzwords list of what I want in a beer, too. So <laughs> uh, It's kind of right down the center of how I would describe a sour and a hazy IPA. So it you still get the uh, like the flavor of the hops as yep. you would in a um in a like hazy IPA. So it's like a strong hop flavor, but then there's like a, a tartness that is kind of replacing like the fruity flavor of a hazy IPA. It's just like a tart fruit. I it's it's very interesting because it's kind of like someone mixed half and half of the beers I was drinking yesterday into one glass and that's now what i'm drinking so because right, i also um, really really like uh grapefruit ipas um which like uh at least like ballast point is probably the most famous one they've got the grapefruit sculpin um which is like really good i get that a lot whenever i'm home because my dad also really likes it and then there's a couple other breweries i believe flying dog uh makes one as well um and so, like, I, I've definitely had a bunch of grapefruit IPAs before, which kind of, like, that I really like and seem like it's kind of in the same ballpark there. Yeah, and it's what Cass and I tried to brew was a grapefruit yeah. IPA and really did not turn out well, it so. It didn't, didn't work. Um, all right, well. Yeah, I've never I've never had a, a, a mix, well, a beer that's both sour and hazy, and I'm curious if I would like that because I really like sours and I really like hazies, but, like, together? Somehow it works. Somehow it works. Yeah. Well, I believe it. I, I like kind of weird beers, so I really want to try that. Uh, well, I'm also starting off drinking some gin here. I got a cranberry gin smash, which is just like a a craft gin cocktail in a can. Uh, actually, one of our buddies who lives uh, about an hour north up in Squamish kind of turned me on to these because his girlfriend really likes them. Um, so whenever I'm hanging out with him, he's typically got like a four pack in the fridge. Um, they're they're a bit on the sweeter side, but like I really like them. Uh. I'm going to follow it up with uh, one of the old classics of mine, which is a Widowmaker IPA uh, from Backcountry. I used to drink this beer rather religiously, and it's been a while since I had one. And we're at the liquor store the other day, and I was like, ah, I'll pick up a four-pack. What what kind of flavor does the Widowmaker bring to the table? Um, It's a very quintessential hazy IPA. Cool. Uh, I'd say it's it's very floral and like fruity. It's a bit on the heavier side, not necessarily in alcohol, but just like in I don't know, I guess volume, if that makes sense. Like it packs a punch. Like flavor wise. Oh, uh I, I I really like it. Um the other night when we were drinking them, like we just got back from like a really big dinner and they were sitting a bit heavy in my stomach. But uh I haven't eaten too much today, so I I got some room. Yeah, the Widowmakers were probably the first hazy IPA that I ever had. It's like, it was Cass's favorite beer for a long time, and it's kind of just what I think of as a hazy IPA now. So everything that I drink now kind of compares to that. Yeah. Um, Since we used to drink a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I I was actually walking around on the can to see what kind of hops it was brewed with, and uh, it actually doesn't say. 
It probably has it on the Backcountry website because they give it yeah. a little bit more of a detailed description. But Right. I was also going to say the next time we're up at Backcountry, I could just ask them what hops they put in here. But um, Yeah, I'm, but I'm realizing we could, we could call this a podcast instead of Drunk Valorant. We could call this Sour and Hazy Valorant because <laughs> that's the overlap of all of our tastes. We all like sour and hazy beer, even if we disagree about some liquors and some other flavors. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you guys can bond over your gin. And I'll just be over here sipping on my sour IPA. So, <laughs> um, cool. So, should we talk about some Valorant? The other half Absolutely. of the podcast. Okay. So, um, first thing is we we got to talk about the brim buff here. Oh uh, my god! Brim on Thank certain god, rounds, finally. Now, finally, gets four smokes. One of them's really oh. fucking expensive. <laughs> But he now gets four smokes. So confused at first. I was so confused, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I gotta play into this." Yeah, yeah, four smokes, four smokes. One lasts a hell of a lot shorter than his other three, but yeah, and yeah. is a lot more expensive. But it's a four smoke technically. Yeah, and it does damage. Apparently, I don't know. That might seem kind of busted. Like if you're in his smoke, like you get damaged. Yeah, it can actually um, pull yeah. you off of uh, plant or diffuse. Yeah, it's. I don't know, might be a little broken, but again, he only gets it like once, like maybe twice a half, and it's it's pretty expensive. So like. Yeah, I just want to talk about how ridiculous it is. When Valorant was still in alpha and beta, a Riot developer famously stated that in Project A, as Valorant was known at the time, you don't kill with abilities. You use abilities to set up uh, ways to get kills. And the fact that there's a character who can throw down a lethal smoke, I mean, where did they go wrong? Uh, clearly yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So really, we're telling Riot to like take away these uh, buffs to to Brim. He's just way too overpowered at this point, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's gonna be it's just gonna be boring watching the VCT this year because every team is going to have a Brim on their comp. They're all gonna play the same. So yeah, I mean, four smokes. Like, come on, who who can beat that? I mean, yeah. Astra? No. Okay, for those of you who didn't actually read the patch notes, um. Basically, Brim's alt now blocks line of sight. So, like, it used to be that if you, like, were staring at somebody through Brim's smoke, even if you, or uh, through Brim's alt, even if you couldn't see them, like, they would show up on your minimap, uh, which they now change. So, you can't. And get pinged by Sova darts and, you know, and stuff like that. So, now it's basically, it it just blocks LOS, um, is the whole thing here. So, I mean, it's Um, something. It's like, Fuck, I didn't even realize that it wasn't like that before. Um I, I've definitely seen on my mini map like somebody threw the brim smoke. Like just like that icon pops up on my mini map and like maybe fired a couple shots at him. I don't know if I've ever gotten a kill through it. Yeah, through the ult. Yeah, I typically shoot at people when like I know they're in the alt, right? Or like you're playing post plant, you pop your brim alt and I'm swinging. And, like, even if they're in your alt, like, I'll just shoot them and then maybe try to track them down through that and, like, get the kill or whatever. But, I don't know. I mean, Riot did say that this was going to be the, uh, what, the act of agent changes. They were going to put a bunch of new agent changes into the into the game during this act. Mm-hmm. And uh, if this is it, uh, well, we got we got something to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I don't know that I've seen anyone confirm this. Maybe it's just some rumors I heard. But like, my impression is that along with the Yoru buffs, hopefully <laughs> at the start of the next act, they're going to be dropping a bunch of big agent changes there. 
So my, my guess is the idea, the initial idea of this being the agent change act has been kind of pushed to next act. Everything um, keeps getting well, pushed, next, man. Next episode, right? Because it goes three episodes an act, or is it the other way around? Nope, it's the it's the other way around. Three other acts around. an episode. Okay. So yes. are you sure when you say this is going to be like the agent change act, are you sure you didn't just mean like this is going to be the agent change episode? Yeah, that was my interpretation. Okay, that was If you ever, if you ever wondering about it in your head, just remember the uh, the term act rank. Your act rank is not your episode rank; it's your act. Got rank. it. Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah. So I I feel like within this episode is where all the agent balance changes are going to come. But you know, yeah, just real slow start. Like, yeah, come it on. does seem like yeah, it is kind of. Usually, you try to put your here. best foot forward, and and the big agent change for this is now you can't see someone through a brimolt a character that never gets played other than me that as a, a brim main i barely realized was an issue uh <laughs> yeah although i will also, say chase you're rubbing off on me a little bit because i've been starting to play a lot more brim lately uh, you have yeah there are some maps yeah. where I, I don't play brim right where, where i play sova instead and uh you've been picking up the brim there if we need mm -hmm. smoke so it's been yeah. working out pretty well for you I was gonna say, speaking of smoke today, I was um we're we're playing with one of our our listeners, uh, Laggy. Shout out to him earlier today, and I was actually forced to play smokes. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, I I load into the lobby, boom, insta lock jet. I'm like, all right, cool, that's fine. I play chamber anyway, and then I go to click on chamber, and somebody else beat me to it. And I'm just sitting there, dick in hand, just like, ah. Yeah, so we got Instalock, <laughs> Jet Chamber, and no smokes on the team. Obviously, Cass is going Omen here. Although he did yeah. consider dodging for a brief second no, before no, we okay. were like, go fuck which, yourself. Which I have now come to the conclusion that, like, that was the last time I play smokes. Nah. Like, I, I will just dodge. I mean, I, okay, I you did bottom frag. Considerably. Yeah, and we did lose in double overtime. Like, so I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I just don't play smokes. I, I don't know what it is because it's not like either of the characters that I do play give me like flashes or or stuff like that that I can really play off of to like get myself into advantageous like gunfights and stuff. But like, like I can't play aggressive with Omen. Can't fucking op with Omen. Um. And, like, even if I could op with Omen, I'm not going to be the opper on a team that has both a jet and a chamber. That is true. Right. Um. So, like, I, I, I can't play stupid aggressive angles because I'm just, like, I can't take an op shot and then pull out Omen's teleport only to get hit with the, uh, can't go there, can't go there, uh, whenever I try to, like, get out. Not to mention it takes fucking forever. Um. So basically, you you were uh, you were Wardell if his team finally stopped spending every round saving for an op for him. <laughs> it, it's just like I. I you did I, say I before we got is. into the round that it was that you were like, well, I'm an op crutch, so I don't know what the fuck this is going to be, because <laughs> obviously <laughs> you weren't going to have an op at all the entire yeah. game. Yeah. But I mean, I, like, it didn't work out terribly for you. Like, I don't know how it felt playing. And although you were bottom frag, it didn't seem like you weren't carrying your weight. Uh, obviously, if you got, if you'd have gotten a couple more kills, we would have won that game. But uh, <laughs> 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 like, if yeah, you, just, so did you just go full native and buy a stinger every round. 
Wow. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. that. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta like, embrace the chaos. Okay, first of all, I'm playing a smoked character, so I'm gonna buy suppressed weapons. So between yeah. the stinger and the specter, I'm gonna take the specter. Oh, also, I realized um, today was probably the first time, like when I was playing Omen, that I have purchased a specter since the specter nerf. It's still mm. fucking good. And it's not because of the specter nerf. What? It's, what have you been buying? Uh, like, I, oh, I you just, just buy headhunter. Marshall, well, either yeah, headhunter shots, Marshall or Bulldog. When like right. I have the money for the full buy. Yeah. Um, I've been buying a Bulldog a lot more. Yeah, like I actually kind of like the bulldog now. I like, uh, yeah. Don't love it. I would rather have a vandal or phantom in my hands, but like, I kind of like the. Want. I mean, this is definitely a pivot as we're naturally going through this conversation, but mm. um, I've I've been liking the second round force up, like when you win round one, to go to light shields bulldog instead of the full shields uh, specter. Wait, you can just go full shields bulldog. Not with full util. Who the fuck plays characters that need you to? Yeah, this is your problem playing Omen. Um, <laughs> so what I, I like, because I could go, I can full buy typically where I go full shield specter, all util. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can go light shields bulldog. And I've been liking that because I much prefer the current bulldog um, round three. Uh, and I've, yeah. I've been digging that, that uh, ADS, the burst shot. Is doing doing pretty pretty good things. Hunter and I got into a lengthy argument about this maybe yeah. a week or so back. Um, don't get me wrong, the burst fire is really good, and like I do think that is one of the selling points of the gun. But I I think quite a few people undervalue its regular fire of full auto capacity. I I think it's just really jarring to to some people because it it kicks more rapidly at the start. And so you have to pull down a bit sharper than you might otherwise with like a phantom or vandal to like keep your recoil where you want it to be. And I think that kind of throws people off, but like having messed around with it and practiced like a uh, recoil control in the range, I find that the full auto on the bulldog is like perfectly acceptable. And like before, before I started like really messing with it, once the, um the buff came out, like I agreed that, like, oh my god, like, this full-auto gun, like, the full-auto on this gun sucks. But I, I think a lot of people just haven't quite put either the time or effort into trying to learn how to control the recoil for that gun. I mean, that's definitely where I'm at. It's kind of in a similar place that the Vandal was for me before I got a skin for it, where I also don't like the sound of it. Like, it's kind of jarring. Um, mm-hmm. And along with the kick, it just doesn't feel very good to me. Um, but when you have the ADS and you get that quick three shot burst or whatever um it's just a fucking laser beam yeah like it feels like i can still one tap someone the same way i can with a vandal um Mm -hmm. and it's a much cheaper gun and obviously like it's a much more circumstantial gun because i have to be ads for that to happen um but that's what i'm buying it for is so that i can have that circumstantial i can still one tap you as if i were buying a vandal here Mm -hmm. yeah and i'll piggyback off both comments to say that first of all from from what you were saying chase that 
yeah, the the burst fire is pretty cool. And I've also been using a bulldog more since I have the protocol skin now, which is sick. Um, but also, man, the full auto just feels bad. And I think a big reason is that <clears throat> combining its low rate of fire with its low damage if you're not hitting headshots and the fact that you have to hit three headshots on a... F uh, sorry, not three headshots. A headshot plus two body shots on someone who's at full armor. Um, it just is so... Like, basically, the time to kill is so much higher than most other guns in the game that have some sort of full auto to them that... It, it literally know, it fires faster than the Vandal. Well, yes, but the Vandal one-taps to the head. So the point is, if if you're firing slightly faster than the Vandal, but you have to hit a headshot and two body shots to kill... With the full auto, it just feels so bad unless you're used to that. Um, once again, if we'll, along the lines of what Chase was saying, is if you're bursting and you get you can get all three of those shots, two to the body and one to the head, or two to the head and one to the body with the burst is pretty normal. So with the burst, it feels good. But uh, my God, the I personally disagree with what Cass is saying because he can dick around in the range and uh, shoot bots in ideal circumstances all he wants. But like when you have it in your hands. Like I've used a bulldog more like for a while occasionally, and the amount of times I've been like, "Oh my god, how did I not that get that kill?" are like you know so much higher. I than, actually like, buy the bulldog gun. a good amount now because yeah. if I can't, like my yeah, go we can pull a tracker buy... and see who has more bulldog yeah, kills. Sure. Uh, it would, like it would be me. I've been using it for a while occasionally. When um yeah uh like it, it used to be before this like buff came out, and I actually started using the bulldog more. Like if I didn't have enough to full buy. I was going light shields vandal. Um and like even if I'd rather like even if I'd rather have a phantom, like I'm going to buy the vandal if I don't have full shields because I feel like I I need to even the playing field and I need to be able to get those one taps. Um but now I'll just buy full shields and the bulldog. And like I I will full auto that gun quite a bit because I'm not always playing in a scenario where I can just hold down an angle and ADS. Now the recoil fucks me, but like, because specifically you need to hit more than one shot, right? Like if I'm only yeah, three or more only, shots, if you're not hitting the head more than once, if I need to hit only one shot to the head, then the recoil doesn't matter to me as much because like with a vandal, I don't like right. the recoil on it, but if the first shot connects, it doesn't matter. Right. And, you know, sometimes you're a little low, but the second shot connects to the head, so you're fine. And then sometimes you whiff, like, ten shots, and then the other person whiffs ten shots, and then you whiff the rest of your clip, and then you, they kill you. Classic you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yep. Oh, I, I, I think you guys just need to spend some time just shooting a wall in the range to, like, get a feel for how the recoil works on that gun, because I think it's totally fine on ADS. Now, what do you think? Well, I put time I... into this game? It's what? <laughs> You think I put time into this game and effort? <laughs> well, my my point is just that when you have a gun that has high recoil and also really high time to kill, uh, that it just ends up feeling very frustrating. I, I just to be clear, I'm not disagreeing <clears> with the conclusion. <throat> the Stinger has a very low time to kill. Yeah, it has high it. recoil, but it has a low time to kill at uh, close ranges when you're full autoing, and then at medium ranges when you are using the, the burst. So, yeah, like... I'm I'm trying to sneeze right now, but I can't sneeze on command. But like, kind of seems like some bullshit to me. No, no, I mean, I no, pull, no. I yeah, don't don't argue with uh with Hunter on the stinger. We've we've gone over <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I can, but, I can uh, throw some numbers I, in the Discord. But I, like, my my, my point oh, is that sorry. that's why the bulldog like 
I just want to be super clear, Cass, before I send it back mm-hmm. to you, that I agree with you guys that the Bulldog is increasingly, I think it has always been maybe a little slept on, but especially after the buff, it's a really good buy. And like what you guys were saying about, you know, forcing with it round two after winning pistol and then having it to bonus for round three. I mean, I I definitely would rather do that than have a Spectre, but even taking the Spectre out of the equation, I think that's a good way to go. So I think using the Bulldog is good, but I, I think Cass, Cass's uh, statement of, oh, well, you know, the recoil and all that, it actually is good once you get used to it. The problem is the recoil combined with the high time to kill is what makes it a bit frustrating at times. It's still a good gun, and the burst fire is great. You just need to use the burst fire as much as possible, in my opinion. Okay, bit of a side note here. I think we need to get away from calling buying when you win pistol in round two forcing because that's yeah because it's not forcing it's that's it's not yeah, required. I, know. Like, I am aware like of this forcing is is when you don't have the money for a full buy but you're like ah fuck we're down eight four at the half i mean it technically is a force by that def- definition because y- you don't have enough money for a full buy but you're gonna force up to the best no, no, guns I feel you like, can okay, afford i feel like forcing specifically is when like the other team has more money than you is like going to have a better buy than you will but you're gonna put any any dollar you got you're gonna force it into this round i understand what you're saying completely because i i know that i can understand in my head the difference but what do you recommend we call it then just buying you're just buying round two but there's a difference between full buying in the same way you're saying there's a difference between forcing and buying after round two um uh, buying round four is completely different because then you're going to have enough money to yeah. actually buy. And when yeah. people say buy, it's a Vandal or Phantom and full shields. Yeah, personally, I don't know what the dictionary definition is or if the dictionary even includes <laughs> competitive gaming terms, but uh, I think of forcing as spending, as buying as much as you can such that you will not be able to buy next round or at least the team won't be able to have a majority of people buy next round. Yeah. So, like, I think under that definition, a round two full buy, uh, uh, in round two, buying as much as you can after winning pistol is a force because if you lose that round, then yeah, you will not be able to rebuy the next round. But yeah, I, I guess I, you I, still I, can have a force if you if a couple people can full buy and they're they're forcing with their full buy. Yeah, well, I, that's I where I'm that's where I'm kind of saying it's about the majority of the team. We had a minor recording issue here, but we were just transitioning from talking about the dictionary definition of forcing and if that should apply to round two. And moving on to talking about uh, warming up and how to prepare for success when you're going into comp games. I'm often in a lobby with an ex-immortal, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, for me. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been playing a lot of Valorant recently, but when I have, I've been uh, duoing with Hiko. So, yeah, mm. I, I face some pretty stiff competition. Yeah. That gets rough out there. Yeah, yeah. I had my, I had my tryout for NRG last week, and mm-hmm. they said no, but like I was close, you know. <laughs> oh, you're the last you made it to the academy team. Yeah. Um, okay, so Chase made this comment a while ago, and I was trying to transition, but then we got kind of sidetracked. But he was saying, what do you think I put time into this game or whatever? Um, and the next topic we got here is talking about warming up and like how you practice, general stuff like that. Um We'll get back to this in a second, but I know Hunter's kind of been speaking about, like, the Miyagi method and whatnot. Um, And I just kind of wanted to start off by saying, a lot of times, like, Chase is like, yo, you want to hop on and play a game? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'll hop on and I'll go into the range. And he's like, what are you doing? Get out of the range. Let's go. Like, I I need time to, like, you know, like, get into it. Yeah, bullshit. I need to spend, like, 
15 to 20 minutes just like shooting bots. You need to spend 15 to 20 minutes complaining to me that your aim sucks today. So then you can go into a game. You can still do just as bad. Like it's, it depends on the day for you, right? It, when, tell me when has your Nothing. aim felt bad and then you spent 20 minutes in the range and then it felt good. That it, is, it, that it, it never better. happens. It gets better. It, it never happens. <laughs> It's how you're feeling on the day, and so it doesn't fucking matter. Hop into a game. I have an hour to play a game, but we're we're playing comp, right? I'm I'm not wasting time going into the range, shooting some bots, seeing if I can get my time to kill fifty under a minute. Like, <laughs> oh, under a minute? Nah, that's slow. You got to be under a second per bot is the goal. Hmm. Regardless, you're the one who spends more time in the range. I, than in games. Oh, speaking I, of, I, I did just get my best ever time the other day. I got like a 41 on the kill 50 bots. It felt pretty dope. fucking good. I don't think I've ever made it. I never do that thing, so 50. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know how good that is. The thing is, Maybe like the podcast listeners will be impressed. I, I have no idea. I, I, you should you should go try it out. Like after the podcast, uh, I guess you're drinking, so maybe try it out like tomorrow or something. Yeah. Um. I. I'd be slightly surprised if, like, on your first couple of tries, you get it sub, like, sub 50 for 50 bots. Oh, there's no way I would do that, no. And I'm sure it is good training. I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that sometimes when I hop onto a game and I say, let's play a game, I don't need to spend fucking 20 minutes in the range warming up. Like, I, I want to play a game, so I hop into a game, I'm going to be playing... Maybe it'll take me a couple rounds to be like, okay, now I'm actually playing a game of Valorant. And you know what? Sucks for my teammates. <laughs> That's great. See, I feel like I'm so, like, one-sided in, like, be it, like, attack or defense that if we're starting off on defense, like, I kind of need to get off to, like, a running start. Because I kind of need to be able to get the money to get that op out. And then I need to be able to capitalize once I get that op. Because once I get to offense, I'm just not going to be contributing as much on average. Like, occasionally, yes, I will have attacking halves where I just pop off and it seems like I can't miss. But It, generally, it is really surprising how often Cass bottom frags on attack and then ends up top fragging by the end of the game once we switch to defense. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it happens a lot. Day. I mean, <laughs> yep. but it's it's... Specifically because of opping, because mm-hmm. you don't op as much on attack, um, right? And like also, which maybe the you should. That I play is like the character that I play is inherently more of a defensive character. Yeah, definitely um, in in chamber, not yeah. not in uh, in jet. The character right. that you used to play, yes. Um, which is inherently an offensive character. I might say she's the least offensive of the duelists. Nobody, nobody by a substantial margin about Jet's offensive prowess. Okay, yeah, she doesn't have flashes, which is like a big deal. Jet's, so now, don't get I, me wrong, Jet's still good on offense, but nobody bitches about offensive side of Jet. People bitch about the fact that she can just dash the fuck out of any situation. Okay, defense. you're right, you're right, but I'm still saying that you, you you've never been an offensive uh, play style in in general. No, so, which is what we give you the most shit for. Yeah, except for when a moment. Yeah, that's so, when we're well, giving you shit I as well. Tracking on yeah. Over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also, that being said, um, also kind of a non sequitur because I do want to get back to this overarching topic of like practice and like warming up and whatnot. But um, 
Why the fuck do Omen Smokes take fucking half the goddamn round to refresh? Wow, you have refreshing smokes? If you get... <laughs> okay, I can't argue that one. <laughs> but, like, we're sitting there, right? Like, I, I drop my smoke so we can get onto site, right? We get onto site, we're assuming post-plant positions. And I'm like, okay, guys, smoke's up in, and I look down at my timer, and it's like, I get one smoke back in, like, fucking 20 seconds. Like, this does me nothing. Like, there's no point. They're going to be on site by the time that my next smoke is up. Well, Cass, you were set, we were talking about, uh, I think it was last podcast, about the ability to, you know, switch uh, teams as an agent ability. So, uh, you know, you, what you could do, you could just smoke off the bomb to help the other team defuse. <laughs> Your smoke will be up in time for that. Yeah, I did see an Omen do that in a match I had earlier today. Um, an Omen on my team smoked off the bomb. Well. Yeah, no it was way. not the... It, it was not the match it. that that cast was playing. Okay. No, it was a different <laughs> match. But somebody literally smoked off the bomb, and they still won the round. I have no idea how, but they they helped the opponent actively. Okay, that is a good form of BM. That's how you should BM the other team. <laughs> yeah, you, like as Jet, you just drop both your smokes on them as they're diffusing. Yeah, and then spray like, them down hey, through the smoke. You, I feel like that's very similar to what we discussed in the BM episode of, uh, you know, when you perfectly time the spike defuse so that you defuse at the last second, where, like, it's very cool for yourself, but, like, your team is going to be super stressed watching it happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, not a good form of BM. Yeah. No, no, okay, the problem with me for the last second defuse on the spike was that generally they're just sitting there for about 20 seconds fucking shooting their gun in the air turning their dpi up to like 16,000 dots per inch and just spinning in circles like 50 times in a row and then going for the defuse like that's still wasting my time if you just drop a smoke on there to help them out and then shoot them through the smoke like you're not wasting anybody's time well you're almost definitely going to take longer to kill them because you don't see them, because they're yeah, in you the could have just shot them in the head. So maybe it's less well, time, maybe, but I feel maybe, like it's okay, still wasting out. time and risking the round. Now, just to play devil's advocate, maybe you've got a phantom, and by you dropping the smoke on top of the bomb, they don't know where you're shooting them from, so they can't fire back. Yeah, but like if you, if you have a fly. vandal, you could have just shot them. It takes a single bullet. Like, <laughs> like I see where you're coming from, but there's almost no instance where this is applicable. Yeah, I, I will say that, like, you're that would be interesting in a scenario where the last member of the other team, you have a phantom, you're Omen, you're playing post plant, and the last member of the other team has no idea where you are. Like, maybe they took forever to rotate for some reason, they got caught up in a fight somewhere else, and like, there are multiple angles where you could be holding the spike from, like, the plan is open. Like, I could see that there, especially if you're far enough away from the bomb that they can't hear your phantom either. I think the range is like 40 meters or something. So, like, I feel like situationally that could actually be kind of big brain, but, like, I feel like nah. those situations are few and far between. Just shoot them. Just shoot them, yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's no, there's so, no re- reason to do that. But I, I do think, getting back to this whole concept here of, like, just, like, how you practice, how you, like get into the right, you know, state to, like, go into a game. I think it's going to actually be rather relevant for Hunter coming up here. Because, like, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if people in the podcast are aware, but Hunter's got a bit of a bet going. 
Oh um, yeah, you want me to tell the people? Yeah, yeah, about I, I feel like it may have been mentioned. It may have been mentioned at some point, but yeah, let's lay out the full bat. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, last episode we talked about all of the uh, the Yoru buffs, and I said I'd have to see them to believe it. But I, you know, assuming that the buffs are as advertised, that there's not some huge stealth nerf that comes in with the patch. My bet is as follows: It's that if I don't reach plat. Um, by the time that the next act ends, then I will not use my favorite gun, the gun that I have propagandized to high heaven on this podcast, the Stinger, for the entirety of the next act. Um, and for context on this bet, I have been hard stuck silver for most of my, the vast majority of my Valorant career. I am in fact in bronze right now because I placed in bronze and I've played hardly any comp on my main. Um, so for me saying I get to plat when I have never been to gold, let alone broken into plat, like that's, that's a significant thing for me. And it will require a, a healthy dose of grinding and also, uh, improvement as well from, from my part. You know, some of the people in the discord were hyping me up saying, Hey, you know, your, your, your rank's going to go up once this, uh, by a lot. And once this, your buff comes out. So some of the people in the Discord already believe in, which I'm happy to see. But you know, I'm gonna have to put in uh, put in work to make it work. I mean, I well, wish you the best, but much as you stated about the Yoru buffs to begin with, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> understandable, <laughs> understandable. Um, so Hunter, what, what do you have in mind for like what do, what do you think your practice regiment's gonna be? Yeah, so... And you've also been training your dad how to play Valorant, so, like, you should have an idea of, like... I feel like you should have, like, a general frame of mind for, like, concept. If that well, makes any sense. It it does, it does. But I will say that me and my dad's uh, training and my own is very different, because for... For myself, uh, AIM, I think, is one of my biggest weaknesses. Um, whereas for my dad, like we, we hopped into aim labs and he was actually, despite the fact that he hadn't played any shooters, let alone any game with like WASD and mouse control besides Minecraft, like ever like him hopping into Valorant only a couple months ago, he and aim labs was in some cases surpassing my scores and in other cases coming very close to them. Like, I want to say my grid shot high score is like it's not very good it's like 56k and then his grid shot high score is like 49k so like he, my my dad's just reflexes and his aim ability is actually just naturally better than mine which makes sense because i've always known that i've been a bit um limited in my hand-eye coordination abilities so for my dad training him has largely been about teaching him game systems game sense like showing him how to use abilities well and like react to situations appropriately, which is what I think I do pretty well at. Whereas for myself, my training is largely about improving my aim because I think, I think if my dad got those other things down, he could catch up to my rank pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So uh, what was your question again, Cass? I realized that are you, were you asking like what my, what do you think I need to do to train to get up to uh plat? Um, yeah. Just yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for myself, yeah, yeah, my biggest weakness I think is the aim. So, I started grinding aim labs in December when I thought the Yoru buff was about to hit this act. 
And uh, I've kind of fallen off the wagon when I was uh, disappointed to see no Yoru buffs coming. So I want to practice aim to really get into doing aim labs every day because, you know, that kind of daily repetition is important. Maybe I'll give myself a day break here or there if I feel like I'm really plateauing. I like tens as a playlist a lot, but I'm open to suggestions from anyone else and, you know, seeing what works. Um, and then when it comes to preparing for a game, like what do I do right before I know I'm going to play a game? I mean, the Miyagi method, I feel like, has been really good to to re-summarize re, uh, in case anyone forgot. It's basically you go into a deathmatch with a Guardian, and you only pull the trigger if you are confident you're going to get a headshot kill. So, like, plenty of times you'll be, like, looking like an idiot, like, uh, strafing back and forth with your crosshair over their head. Uh, you're not quite confident, though, because they're moving a lot as well, and they get the kill on you. Or, in one case where I was doing a deathmatch, the... Uh, the other person assumes you're doing a pacifist run and just pulls their knife out and starts jumping around and then recruiting other people into the pacifist circle as well. And you have like <laughs> more than half the lobby jumping around, like spraying and just like shooting anyone who dares interfere in some sort of like hippie commune. Like, it gets weird when you use the Miyagi method. Like, I swear to God, that actually happened. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's just roll with it. I was just trying to shoot you in the head, but like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you want to get other people involved, I guess I'm game. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you know, I feel bad like shooting now. Like, you know, we're all bros at this point. Um, yeah, but so I, I want to keep working the Miyagi method because I do feel like my first shot accuracy in particular is something I need to get better at along with strafing while aiming for the head as well. So I, I, I think I'll keep using the Miyagi method until I feel like it's not helping anymore. And that only takes one deathmatch, really, because you're really just working on one thing uh, throughout the whole deathmatch. Um, and I think that's going to be the main thing I do before I hop into games in the future. Um, I, my aim labs routine, I'm not sure when in the day I'll do that, if I'll typically do that right before a game or not, but... Uh use the Miyagi to freshen up. That's going to be my new thing. Well, I feel like you're just going to be on the grind. It's it's going to have to be like, Oh yeah. You're, you're going to have to play a lot. Oh, this yeah. is true. This is, this is very true. I mean, or just, you know, get so good at aim labs that it, you only have to play because you're winning every game, you know? You just oh have yeah. To play I'm, enough. I'm looking for those double rank ups. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if you got to, uh, to gold and you just double ranked up to plat? That'd be, that'd be nice. I'm impressed. Oh, you'll you'll know like, on this, this dude's smurfing. Happens. This dude's smurfing for sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and little did I know that you've just played Yoru before he was viable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my plan is actually to spend all of the act except the last week grinding aim labs, and then the last week I'll make all the progress from bronze <laughs> to plat. Yeah. So now you need to know that uh, you should not queue with Cass and I. Um, because every time I queue with anybody, and specifically Cass, I fucking lose. <laughs> I lose a lot. I have had the thought that specifically on this podcast, the thing is, I might actually try to queue with you guys on my ult, because if I do get to plat, the last thing I want is for you guys to be like, fucking oh, well, boosted. we carried you to plat, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I, I intend to doing at least the vast majority of my games, like, solo queue. Yeah, well, this make man's it harder, been boosted absolutely. to platinum. Yeah. Chase, yeah, you and me together. This act, yeah, fifty percent win rate. Yeah, I mean that's better than my overall win rate. This act, so I'm, I, I won't disagree with you there. Ooh. 
Ooh, pulling the numbers. Yeah, oh. but I, w- I will disagree with you on the in the overall. Go to All Axe. See if it changes <laughs> that. Click on All Axe. Um, no, it doesn't let me click on All Axe for some reason. That's grayed out. Okay, so maybe, maybe it doesn't give you that. But there was there was a time when we were at like a 30% win rate together. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, but also, okay, like I was just looking at my alt because I haven't been playing on my main really this act. Uh, let me go see if it'll let me do it on my main because that'll actually basically just be the exact same thing um, as what our all acts are. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, well, while well, you're... This act specifically, we've got a 53% win rate when I'm on my main. Yeah, that's like three games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it is... 38 matches? This must be that's over all time. time. Yeah, yeah that's all time. That uh, must be all time. No, no, there's also no way we've only played 38 matches together all time. Well, uh, Tracker doesn't take all of your matches into account. It okay. misses well, a bunch. Well, also, if you remember, Cass, when Chase, when you and Chase started playing, well, especially when Chase started playing, which was a little later than you, if I remember correctly. No, he played before I did. No. You well, played I'm pretty before sure you I did. played before Chase, yeah. yeah. No, no, there's no way, because... No, I you're the one who made me out. download it. I tried out... No, he made you download it. I tried out Valorant on your computer before I decided I wanted to play, and then realized I couldn't because for some reason on my Windows 7 setup, it didn't work. So I went out and mm. bought myself a new hard drive so this that I does could actually sound, play Valorant. This does sound familiar, well, but well, I couldn't either, confirm. Well, either way, what I was going to say is that Chase, for a while, was not a very high rank. And so I kind of my, – my thinking is that maybe Cass played on an alt initially. When, back when that dumb uh, system was in place where you had to be like three ranks separated from everyone in your party or less – I wonder if you have just played on an you played a, a lot on an alt initially, Cass, and then you've been playing on an alt lately, and that kind of skews things. That's my. It's theory. possible. I feel like Cass yeah. and I have generally been around the same like rank, but Cass did play some CS:GO and some other video games before Valorant, while I played nothing. Right, like this was the yeah. this is the first PC game I've ever played. Yeah, Cass got a head start, and then Chase is caught up now. Uh, yeah, that's kind yeah. of so. Just at. my trajectory. I'm I'm gonna be way ahead of Cass eventually. So yeah. Yep, but uh, I did want to go go back to one I'll thing. That you were when saying. I see it, to quote <laughs> I do want to go back to one thing that both you guys have touched on, which is you talking about me having played Joru before. And one of the things that I have kind of pushed back on is uh, the idea of with other characters like putting in a lot of work to learn lineups. Because personally, I don't. I like playing Viper on Breeze, but I don't like playing Viper enough to spend hours of my time finding enough lineups to be able to have, you know, lineups that would be useful. And, you know, the idea of getting practicing well enough personally for myself, I'm not excellent at like details and like, uh, you know, memorizing precise things. So like the amount of effort it would take me to learn lineups that I could then feel confident enough in to reliably use is not the effort I'm willing to, to put in. Um, and that applies with like Killjoy Nanos or like Brim Mollies as well. There are some cool lineups for those, and I just cannot be bothered to learn them. But one of the things about Yoru is, in addition to my warm up routine that I already described, this is completely separate from that. As soon as the Yoru buff hits, I will be spending a lot of time in custom custom games, uh, just with myself, making notes map by map of like execution timings and practicing my flash TPs working out different setups for it because I enjoy the character enough that now that he's actually worth putting in the effort, 
I will 100% be workshopping things on my own to figure out how to use his utility best and then comparing those notes against how well it works in game. So I'm going to be doing a lot more on the mental outside of match side than I have ever done before. At least that's what I hope. And I'm, speaking of that, like I think that's a great point to bring up because I won't go into the range before playing at all. But I mean, Hunter and I have done this a couple of times, but yeah, we'll just go into a custom. And I enjoy doing that myself too, to just work on on like lineup specifically or on figuring things out of like i'm playing sova it's basically only with sova that i do this um but how do i get an arrow from where i want to where i need it it? where i want it to be or like Mm -hmm. from where i am to where i I want it to be so uh, like i'll be playing a game and i'll be like oh i wish i had an arrow for this circumstance and i'll note that in the back of my mind and then later i'll go into a custom and be like Okay, if I'm standing here, is there any way for me to get an arrow over there? Yeah. See, I wish the characters that I played had lineups. Cause I would absolutely fucking like go online, learn that shit, find that shit out. Like I love doing that in games. Like figuring out the little like minute things that can give you a slight edge in certain situations. Whereas yep. you know, with with both Chamber and Jet there just isn't a lot that I can really do in terms of that. I can find, like, I could go online, like, as Chamber and maybe, like, figure out some, like, you know, cheeky little places you can put your traps. Um, or, like... Pixel dashes for Jet? I mean, I, yeah, I guess that, like that's, that. that's, like, bug abuse probably, but... Right. Um, <laughs> I know a couple of shenanigany updrafts as Jet. Basically, like, if there's a slant and you're at the bottom of the slant, you can updraft into the slant, and that slant will kind of shoot you out when you head bonk it. Yeah, um, and so you can go forward with your Yeah, updraft. so like, I can specifically use an updraft when I'm underneath tube on icebox. To basically and it can get you into spawn, defender spawn. Yeah, yeah, like that one, like that I know, and like things like that. And like specifically as Jet, like I know pretty much all of the double updraft spots with knives. Um, like those are things that I would that I would know. But like back when I mained Omen, I knew probably every one way that was like viable and worthwhile knowing. Um, so all of ascent basically. Yeah, but it, yeah, <laughs> if you didn't know ascent walls, kind of hold Omen smoke where you throw them. Um, there's like a specific red triangle icony thing, if I remember correctly, that shows up. You can just kind of shove them and smokes into walls and they'll stay there. So you can kind of one way what you want on ascent. Um, but yeah, things like that. Like, I would put the time into learning, which, like, I wish I could do that on, on, on like, Chamber. But again, like, the, the two characters that I play being Chamber and Jet are just more of execution rather than, like, having nerdy setups. I mean, I, th- I find it funny that those are the characters you play and you're the kind of, per- like, gamer. Gamer, I fucking hate that term. Um, <laughs> you're the kind of player that um, would learn and workshop all of these lineups, right? But you don't yeah. play characters that let you do that. However, yeah, I play the, yeah. Brim and Sova. And I know, like, stuff that I've learned throughout the game and I've looked up a few things. So, like, I- I'll have a couple of darts for every map that I play Sova on or you know like I'll kind of know where my Brim Molly's going but like I don't really sit 
and workshop all of those and go look up every possible one and figure like learn them and take the time to memorize them. It'll be like if I'm looking something up, I want it to be a like max charge in an easy spot that I'm in a lot, you know? Yeah, like I don't know, if if I were to play Brim, I would definitely have Molly lineups for like all default plants. Yeah. I I don't know a single Brim Molly lineup. Uh, I play I, I Brim will a lot. Say, though, but... I will say though, Chase is uh, underselling himself because whenever I'm spectating him when I'm dead or when I'm not in the game and he's streaming in Discord, I am blown away by the quality of his uh, Stim Beacon lineups. I mean, the uh, <laughs> the way he's able to toss those into unexpected positions and play with the enemy's mental and while buffing himself is truly impressive. I mean, the only thing I ever do with uh, the only thing I ever do with a Stim Beacon is throw it straight in the air. Or like just away from me, you know? Yeah, throw it one <laughs> way, peek the other. Yeah, or peek the same way. I I just try to I throw it so that it may distract them for half a second. Mm. You oh, know, I want it. Flash. I want it to like it's like a fake flash, you know, like yeah, yeah. A, like you, a sky well, do you know, fake flash. Do you know the simple op flash? No. Okay, it's uh so simple is well. Well, is it throwing the op? Yeah, well, okay, so Simple's arguably... Did, did Simple throw an op? Kind of definitively, as... like, the best CSGO player ever. But yeah, basically, he threw an op as a fake flash. Mm-hmm. For, like, that exact purpose. He, like, threw the it's op... It's just distracting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the only way the, the Stim Beacon is ever used. Yeah. That's the biggest difference between Chase and me as Brims, when both of us do play Brim a decent bit as at the moment. I use my stim beacons constantly to uh, stim myself up for with whether I'm using a phantom or an Ares or an Odin. Uh, and I have to try to do it so that Cass is, uh, you know, not stimmed by it because while most things are fun in games, the minute he gets uh stim beaconed by me, he starts talking as if I just murdered his dog. So uh, <laughs> it, that's the frustrating part, but uh, dude, yeah. I better be lurking like either in mid or on the other side of the map. If you're going to drop a stim beacon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or have a a specter or an Ares. When am I ever buying an Ares? I don't know. We were talking big game about it a few episodes ago. We all were. Yeah, it was fucking broken. I didn't <laughs> buy it. I don't like it. It's a dumb gun. The judge can be broken as fuck. I'm not buying it. I don't like it. But before we get too far removed from this topic, I will say the from the irony of my statement about Stim Beacons comes the truth of. Uh, Chase does have some dirt nasty uh, shock dart lineups that I usually don't see when I'm playing, but when I'm just in the Discord and just watching him play, I'm like, oh wow, that's that's pretty nice. I'm always impressed. Yeah, the thing is with a lot of my shock dart lineups um, and uh, like recon lineups of Sova, and a lot of like the ways that I use my Molly as as Brim even post plant, it's just I didn't go and I and search those out. It's kind of just as I play a lot. I realize I'm in this position and I figure out a, a shock dart, a recon dart, a molly that works for that. Uh, and then I use that consistently. So like, I mean, the one that immediately pops to mind would be from screens a on icebox uh, to like orb. Mm. There's a simple, like one bounce shock dart um, that if people are pushing site and I'm stuck screens, like I can just shock dart orb, right? It it's something that I use a lot, and it does a lot of chip damage to everybody pushing site. Uh, but that's not something I went and looked up and went into a custom to 
workshop it and figure it out. It's just like, hmm, I'm going to bounce it off here. And then it worked one time. So I'm like, I'm going to keep bouncing it off there. That's all it takes to have some good lineups. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to uh, check out a bunch of books from the library and, you know, study the ancient teachings of Pythagoras to figure out the best lineups. You sometimes yeah. just about learning. Of course, that theory. that being said, like I have like specifically like recon lineups that I have went and looked up like on Breeze. I can get it, you know, A or B site from Spawn, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. That'll clear out angles. So I do have a couple of those that I know, but it's not extensive. I don't know any like double shocked art lineups, stuff like that. It's just a play style, I think. Um, but yeah, I, in general, I just of, find it ironic that that yeah. you're you're the kind of player that would do that would stuff. Would do that, but I, yeah. the characters I like just don't have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, Hunter, what like what would you be trying to do that for with Yoru? Well, one of the biggest things is figuring out. I feel like out... Yoru is also not really a lineup character. I mean, perhaps you could come up with some like. Some nerdy flashes, maybe. It's a timing. It's a timing thing. I think a lot with the. I'll, I'll let Hunter explain this, okay. like really, because it's his character. But I was thinking a lot with the teleport of when to flash, when to TP, wh- where it's going to be when you come out of it. Yeah. So uh, piggybacking off of what you were saying there, Chase. That yes, um, I very much the timing is one of the most important things um, because I was actually talking about this with Alex in the Discord. There are there are actually a number of different ways to combine your flash and your teleport, particularly if the other team seems adept at countering it. Um, one of them is where you, which is the one I tend to do the most, is where you try to teleport in. So just uh, as the flash is popping, you're teleporting in, and the flash is, is placed somewhere where it's not going to flash you as you're teleporting in uh, because if the flash also basically one thing that I don't know that many people know since they don't play Yoru is, is that if the flash is in a position to flash either where you're coming from or where you're going to, if you're mid TP when the flash goes off, you get flashed either way. So like finding a spot where the flash can pop right as you're TPing in without you getting flashed, that's one way to go about it. The other way is uh, if if the other team seems like they're really good at looking away from flashes, uh, dodging the flash, then you can actually do it so that you TP in while your flash, after your flash has bounced, but before it actually pops so that you catch the other person looking away from the flash. Um, so there's all that to consider. And also when it comes to the fact that they've, they didn't mention it in the most recent comment about Yoru's TP, but they had said before they're considering increasing the speed. We'll see how much the characteristics change, but either way, all that stuff I need to get fully acquainted with so that I'm using it to the fullest. Um, and then also just seeing... So there's the timing of that, of just a basic rolling TP straight ahead to a position, but then there's also the idea of, you know, if I throw it at a certain angle and it, like, rolls against the wall, um, like how what kind of timing is that going to look like between when my tp is in position and when i want to flash because in many cases in a game scenario you don't want to have to keep looking at your mini map to see where your tp is so uh yeah and then when it comes to the new idea of the fake tp as well figuring out where the best spots are to fake tp that would most 
fuck up the enemies when it comes to their positioning. So there's there's a lot of different things I'm going to be thinking through. Yeah, it seems like there's there's still a lot of stuff to to yeah. figure out there. I think they are increasing the speed of the teleport on the ground, mm-hmm. so um, that'll be new timings to to think of. And it's yep. like also you need to know the timing of okay, if I hit it at this point, where do I need to look? To right, exactly. Right? So like you need to be aware yep. of where you're going to be. Um. So that you're not like, oh, I didn't realize I was going to be in this corner instead of out in the open or something like that, right? Yep. Um, Because you hit it a half a second too early and now it's gone too far or too too early to be too close. Yeah. Yeah, along those lines as well is what direction you face when you hit the teleport based on where you're going to be. Because what direction you're facing, it sort of linearly angles you based on the direction you're facing when you hit it. So you ideally want to be facing the proper direction when you're teleporting in. Yeah. Right. That's something I didn't realize when uh when I played Yoru the one time in a like unrated or maybe it was comp with you guys. Um mm-hmm. that I would just TP looking where I was like going to TP to and then I would end up yep. being backwards when I <laughs> got done with my teleport. Yeah. yeah, Chambers teleport works like the exact same way, but I'm not TPing into situations, I'm TPing out of situations. Right. So it's just less relevant. For me, yeah, completely less relevant. Yeah, I'm like, if I get into an angle and I'm like, oh, fuck, which goddamn direction am I facing? Like, doesn't really matter. Because in theory, I placed my other teleport in somewhere somewhere safe. Again, theoretically. But like... I, yeah, I also didn't realize the, the flash thing where it could flash you at your original location or the end location. Uh, that's really interesting. Because well, yeah. what Hunter's saying is he's kind of staring at where he's going to, right? Like, if you throw your flash out, he's looking at his flash. Are you saying like mid TP animation you get flashed? Yeah, no, mid TP animation you would get flashed in either position is what he's saying. Whether the flash would hit you as you were currently or when you're like where you're going if you'd be facing okay, the flash. If I understand this correctly. Okay, sorry, actually, okay, sorry. I one place or the other. Oh, sorry. Yes, I, okay, I realize that I misspoke a bit with but... that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm I'm realizing that I think I misspoke a bit with that. What I was describing is I was actually just a couple days ago working on going into the range with Yoru and practicing some stuff. And uh, what I realized is that if I throw my TP out and then flash in a position where I could see the flash popping from my original location, and then I press the teleport button, and I probably knew this intuitively when I used to play Yoru a lot, but if I then press the teleport button just before the flash pops, then on my screen, I see the teleport animation happening. So I don't see any of the map, but I still get flashed. Hmm. So it might be that you get flashed from the initial position if you're mid-teleport rather than the end position. So me saying both is, I haven't tested it enough to conclude that's definitely the case. It might just be getting flashed from your initial location if you're mid-teleport. Um Okay, but I like, can see either way. Point, yeah. But like my point is you have to consider both possibilities. You don't want to flash yourself either way. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't want to flash yourself well, while you're you, in the animation you, or yeah. it pop right after right, you right. Yeah. actually you get to the teleport. typically 180 while you're popping or initiating your TP thing, though? You can't You can't 180 while TPing, though. You are locked in place until your TP okay, is... Okay, so then shouldn't you 180 before you hit the TP? Realistically, yes. 
Yeah, um, okay. Depending so on, but it also depends on it also depends on where you? you're going. Well, it depends on where you're going. If you're throwing the flash, if you're going to the back of a site, for example, and you're th- and then you're throwing the flash, and you're not sure of the timing, or you want to partial flash yourself, then you don't want a 180 first because you want to be facing the opposite direction mm. of the flash. And you're playing anti-flash, so like, yeah. yeah. This this is the kind of stuff that you you know that I need to practice because <laughs> right. it's, it's, it gets complicated. Yeah, I mean, I understand that as like your training regimen, but I mean, we've yeah. all brushed over. I mean, maybe not brushed over. But we've all made fun of Cass's training regimen, but what what would you say? Yeah, what is your training regimen? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I like. I mean, wait. we talked about it slightly, but like, yeah. go, what what do you I mean, do before okay, you so hop like, into I a used, game? Like, I used to like pop open aim labs and do a bunch of stuff, and like, I feel like I've got a fairly respectable grid shot score, but I feel like also grid shot is kind of like not helpful it's just flashy um for reference i've hit 90k on grid shot uh which you know numerically i feel like is decently high but i feel like the only thing that ever really helps me with is maybe occasionally offing because it's just about flicking to target but generally speaking i feel like that's not very helpful um and then i've discovered that i don't like how in aim labs it makes you basically just use a ghost which is a gun I will never buy in-game. Um, and so I've kind of veered a bit away from aim labs, and I'll typically go into the range and shoot somewhere between 200 to 500 bots on the Eliminate 50 or Eliminate 100, kind of like switching between using my Headhunter or either Phantom or Vandal. Um, and then occasionally I'll do that with uh, Chamber's Alt. Um, and then I will switch to the like hard mode kill 30. Um, and I typically do that with Phantom and Armor Off is generally my go-to for that one. Why Armor Off so you still get the uh, one-tap headshot? Yeah, so the Phantom can one-tap, basically. <clears throat> because if I have Armor On, then like because the reason I'm doing that is to work on flicking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I have armor on, like, even if I get the dink, oftentimes, like, I'm not going to be able to kill them before they despawn. Well, why not just use a Vandal? You just um, want the ability to practice with the Phantom, too? Yeah. So like, if I do it with a Vandal, then yes, I keep armor on. But if I'm doing it with a Phantom, then I feel like there's no point to having the armor on. Because it's just not, like, really what I'm working on. Um. And like if I mean, I'm using a phantom for that scenario, like the the number is kind of indicative of how I feel at the moment with like my ability to flick to targets. And if I'm doing it with armor on, it doesn't tell me how many of those targets I dinked, and then typically in game would have been able to get the follow up shot on had they not just despawned. But however, you don't. It's a timing thing too, right? So. If you're in game and you're holding an angle and someone peeks you out of the like your peripheral, then if you're holding a phantom, you're gonna have to hold there for a millisecond longer than if you immediately get the the headshot because you're gonna need to kill them, right? You're gonna need you're gonna need to hit more than one shot there. So, are you saying that in the range in the eliminate thirty or whatever, like the the hard mode, that um, the despawn time is too fast that you wouldn't even be able to hit a second shot? 
Um, oftentimes, I like like if they did have armor on, like yes, I can get the double dank or the one to the chest, one to the body to get the kill. But like it, it's such a really like it's a very tight timing, and I feel like that isn't what I'm working on in that circumstance. Like I'm not working on getting the kill. I'm working on flicking to target and specifically flicking to the head. Yeah, I I, I could see you separating those things. I just think that it could also be useful to understand the timing of, oh, I'm holding an angle. Someone peeks me from this other angle. Get over there, kill them, hold back to the other angle, or someone's peeking me from a different angle. But also, that's that's kind of what the Eliminate 50 or the Eliminate 100 does when I'm using the Phantom. Because I do need to kill them before the next bot spawns. And so that's working on me actively killing the bot that spawns in as fast as possible. And I'm trying to kill them. Like, I'm trying to eliminate all 50 or eliminate all 100 as fast as I possibly can. And that is working on uh, me getting those kills with whatever gun I'm using. Whereas the, um, the, the hard mode or the medium mode or easy, whatever you pick is for me at least that's just about flicking to target that's i'm not necessarily working on getting the kill in that scenario it's just am i flicking to target am i getting that headshot yeah i understand that and i feel like i should do it more i should do those things more i'm just not going to do them right before a game because i kind of want to just play a game a lot of the time but in in my general free time, if I'm just like solo queuing or something, maybe I could take more time and actually practice those things. Because um, I think that practice is important, like in the game of Valorant, right? Like I'm not trying to say every time you go on into the game, you should be playing comp only. Um, you you got to figure some shit out sometimes. But a lot of the time when we're like, hey, want to queue a game? Like sometimes we'll be we'll have played a game an hour earlier, and I had to go make dinner. And I'll come back, and then you've got to spend another 20 minutes in the range. And I'm just like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you need to be eter- eternally in the range so that you're always ready to play with Chase. That's what I'm getting from this. <laughs> That's what I'm getting yeah. from it. Like, I, I just like to spend my time warming my aim up because I don't want to get into game and feel like, you know, my aim's not where I want it to be. And now, like, I mean, we played a couple games yesterday, and yeah, my aim was just off. Like, I just wasn't hitting shots. It's like, you know, it happens. I feel like it probably happens to me more so than it does to you guys, because I'm very feast or famine. In how no, it happens to me a lot, too. But there are like, just days where, you, yeah, where you're off. There, there are just days where you're just not hitting shots, right? And that happens to the best of us. Um, like, our, like our buddy Alex, who's significantly better than us, definitely has times when he's just like, fuck, dude. I feel like I can't tap a goddamn head today for my, like, to save my life. Yeah, it happens to um, pros all the time. Like, yeah. they'll just be in a tournament, and they're like, today's not their day. They're not hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, I feel like I have those, like, and, like this kind of applies to how, like, to quite a few things throughout my life. Like, um, I, I'm typically at, like, a peak or a trough. I'm very rarely, like, baseline, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so you, you you do like playing with uh, with horses and skiing, so you're either at a peak or a trough. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. That's funny. Yeah, like, we have this in disc golf a lot. Like, my and Chase's averages 
are like probably fairly similar, but I have got better scores on courses than Chase does. And I also have much worse scores on the same courses than Chase does. Yeah. So it'll, like, it'll literally be like, I'll play SIG like about the same, you know, like I, I, I have a, a smaller range of what my bad and good days are. And whether or not I beat Cass on that day is if he's having a good or a bad day. <laughs> it has nothing really to do with my own playing ability. And so I feel great. like, given that, for me, it makes a lot of sense for me to go in and try to spend those 15 to 20 minutes to work on my aim. Well, let yeah. me... Sorry, Cass, do you mind if I really quickly pivot yeah, yeah, back ahead. to something you said earlier? Uh, me and Cass debated this at length outside of the podcast. Uh, and so one thing I wanted to add some context on is Cass saying he doesn't like the ghost in aim labs is not talking about like, you know, grid shot or something like that, because the ghost in aim labs, for those who aren't familiar, uh, it's called something else. It's not called the ghost and it doesn't have any full first bullet inaccuracy. Unlike the ghost in Valorant shadow, right. And what Gas is specifically talking about is the scenarios where there's actually some movement involved in aim labs. And personally, I shy away from those because it could be placebo, but I'm pretty sure it's not. But I'm I'm very confident that the movement in aim labs is not the same as Valorant. It's significantly faster. So for me, the fact that the movement isn't correct to Valorant makes me not want to practice any of those scenarios. It's like haven a take or haven post plant or something like that just because the movement is so different that i don't feel like i'm actually practicing well for the actual game and those are the scenarios in which Cass is primarily saying the fact that he only has the shadow and not can't equip like a phantom or vandal equivalent is significant because you know you'd actually be spraying in those cases Cass isn't saying he wishes he could spray in grid shot (laughs) just have an odin in grid shot like (laughs) that's not what Cass is saying here let's be very clear i wish i could have a judge in grid shot dude you because okay like outside of the fact that yeah like you're where exactly your point of your crosshair doesn't matter but like assuming you're going for a high score you get a negative per shot missed and like a judge sprays i don't know how many pellets anybody know no no one one pull of the trigger is one shot name labs (laughs) if i hit the target that's it i I want i want to judge yeah it's a hit. I want a shorty. <laughs> Infinite ammo. That's great. I don't have to do 150 damage, right? No, I nope. don't think so. Yeah, okay, cool. Just hit you the target. target so one so damage. I actually, no, they make it so that, like, when you're doing the ones where there's, like, an actual kind of, like, bot where it's, like, oval with a small circle as the head. Uh, it's one to the head, and then it's like I want to say three to the body. Okay. To break them. Don't know how many ghost shots it takes to the body to kill. Actually, I have no idea how much damage. No idea. Is it three or four? Four, five, maybe. Well, assuming pistol round, everybody buys a ghost. Well, it's like, one to the head. The lobby have a ghost. It's one three to the head. To the, three to the body, I think. Is it? There's no way it does 33 to the body, does it? Well, it could do more than that, but not quite 50. Are you saying I it should do less than that? Well, yeah, I think so. Well, I guess the classic does 26 to the body up close. 
Because I think it's three shots to the body and pistol. Huh. With a ghost. Okay. All right, then the numbers crunch. I don't actually know. I'd like. I'd never fucking buy a ghost. I hate that gun. Yeah, you should get better with it. It's a nice gun. I like the ghost yeah. a lot. It's like okay. I I feel like the the sound and the feel of the ghost wants like leads me into wanting to spam it. No, yeah, it's, it's a... not. It's just not a spammy gun. We've Oddly talked about enough, that. I agree yeah, gasfully. Yeah. I mean, but... I agree with that too, and I find myself spamming it more, but. The ability to have those one taps in pistol and then immediately sure? but then I can't buy any util. Fuck util. Yeah, see, this is the difference. <laughs> this cast. is the guy who buys head headhunter shots, which million are times. Like I, I to I be able to buy some util, util and <laughs> something that can one tap to the head it is great. And I specifically buy ghosts in situations where I might be encountering multiple enemies at a time in pistol mm-hmm. so that I can quickly transition from one enemy to another after getting the kill. Whereas like a frenzy, I'm probably not going to have enough bullets for a second. Yeah, I kill. will say the nice thing about the ghost is it's ammo count. Yeah. Yeah. Cass, I will say going back to the not buying utility, uh, pistol round, I was playing, uh, an unrated with my dad and Oliver the other day last night. And he played Chamber, and he was like, don't worry, Hunter, I'm buying my uh, trademarks round one. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it seems we actually like won't get flanked immediately. It seems like a waste of fucking money. Nope. The, that flank watch Absolutely is Absolutely not. Vital. Yeah. More often than not, people just... Yes, just admit it. You want to use your headhunter. That's the... Yes, I do want to use my headhunter. It's the best You're talking possible. about on offense, just to be clear. Five-man rushes of sight don't really... Oh, oh okay, okay, fine. Yeah. On On offense... I could see the argument behind getting a trap, and then now I can't buy armor, and then I just fill up the rest of my headhunter shots. Yeah, this is exactly but what like, you should do. Yep. No, no, but like the advantage of having the armor is I can take that duel against the jet, who also has a sheriff, and I can and, take that shot. Or I, I guess somebody. And if they hit you in the head, it doesn't yeah, matter. I guess, I guess, I guess right. right. It's... Yeah, if they had time with a sheriff, I'm dead. So I guess yeah, I yeah. Like I can take duels against somebody who's trying to hold a long, long range angle with a ghost, and if they head tap me right before I head tap them, they die and I live. That's like one very specific case. Yeah, but also I get armor, which is just generally useful. Even if I run out of my headhunter shots and I've got nothing but a classic left, like it's still useful. Like I bought the arm. Oh shit. How, how, more how many headhunter shots do you get? Four? Yeah, I get four if I buy armor. So you, got, you go you know, four and four? Okay, I guess it technically yeah. fits the rule of uh, your armor shouldn't be more expensive than your gun. You, you know the, uh, the, part, the part where armor doesn't help you very much, Cass? When the when entire enemy, when multiple, what'd you say? When I get head tapped by a sheriff? Well, yes, that's one, but the other scenario is one in which multiple people of the other team flank and shoot you from behind or knife you from behind. <laughs> in that scenario, it doesn't Your matter armor what armor do you shit. have. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, non sequitur, but I don't think I've ever been knifed in game. Hmm. Sounds like some cap to me. Probably right. cap. I've been knifed for sure. I think everybody's been knifed at I some point. I know it's like, okay, obviously I've been knifed when we're like, you know, it's it's twelve one. Hey, knife round, everyone! 
Watch well, this. Nah. Uh, everybody pull out a knife mid. No, but you're saying you've never been snuck up. I don't know if I don't know if I've ever been snuck up on and just knifed. It's okay, here's a, just pulled up your stats on Tracker Cass on your man. You've gotten yeah. two knife kills and you've been killed twelve times. So but by a I'm, knife. I'm so unless you're just terrible at knife fights in mid, oh, uh, you've been knifed fit. during I am rounds. Dog fit at knife fights in mid. Yeah, but are you that bad? I think you've yeah. probably twelve been times. Yeah, twelve to like, two. I I cannot think of a time where someone has just knifed me in the back. Well, okay, so here here's the scenario that likely. happened. Here's a scenario that happened to me a couple days ago is I was on split, right? And uh, it's like a 4v1, right? So I'm like, okay, this, this last person's saving. Um, I'm in, what is this, B-site heaven? And uh, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go hunt this man down. And so I, I go through mid, I go through ropes, I go into A heaven, and I'm checking, I'm checking ramps when all of a sudden I get knifed in the back, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, I cleared heaven. I was looking at ramps. Where the hell did they come from? Apparently, this man had been following me. He came out of sewers as I was going into ramps or into ropes. And he'd been following me since mid. Just waiting for the knife kill. Wow. That's dedication. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a feels bad moment for sure. Uh, That's anytime you get knifed, really. Uh, But you know when that would happen less is if. I had a chamber alarm bot to tell me that he was behind me. <laughs> yep. I sure as fuck have never been knifed in pistol round. <laughs> that I can say with absolute confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, That's I don't know true, if I have the, either. The flankers have wiped the entire team without having to, you know, get into close enough range to use the knife. So I, I, think I may have been shot in the back during pistol round. That one I can't argue against. But yeah. I don't think I've ever been knifed in pistol round. Yeah, I'm just saying you should maybe. I was using hyperbole. I was, yeah, buy nah. a trademark or whatever. Is it trademark? Nah. Yeah, it's yeah, trademark. yeah, it's trademark. Okay. Nah. Why is that not French? Yeah, that's oh, it is. true. Trademark. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't realize <laughs> that it was pronounced with a French accent. <laughs> but when his when his uh, other like abilities are what rendezvous. Yeah. Um. What? Tour de head force. Headhunter. Oh yeah, no headhunt. <laughs> so it's headhunter and trademark are not. Yeah. But then it, it's rendezvous and is it tour de force? Yeah, it is. Okay. I just looked um, it up. Trademark in English thing. is Mark Depose in French. It's not okay. trademark. Mm. Yeah. So why? You sure it's not trademark? <laughs> <laughs> Mar Mar Deposé. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, that's interesting because like a lot of his shit is French, so I wonder why those two abilities are not, but the other two are. Although rendezvous is technically like an English word too. Yeah, and tour de, you know what it probably is is that tour, tour de force is also tour like is also an English word. Uh, like no, this not used in the same way. It's not the same, and neither is rendezvous. <laughs> honestly, because rendezvous in uh, yeah, that's a lodge on Black Home. Well, <laughs> yeah, great, great. That's a me joke, and it's very specific to people who have skied at Whistler before. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, like rendezvous in English is used as like you know a meetup point. Yeah. Which makes sense for the ability. It's like the the teleport, like you're rendezvousing to there. Mm-hmm. But rendezvous in French is specifically like a romantic date. 
Ooh. Yeah, it can be romantic. It can in English, but it's not used as that. No, no, I'm saying in game well, it can be romantic. I'm teleporting to the other site to make love with my gun and fuck the enemy team in the ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chase, I'm curious, though, because, like, the word liaison, like, liaison, or liaison, or however you want to yeah. say it, like, that as a verb, or I guess a noun in English, also typically means, it's kind of obscure, but it typically means, like, a romantic meeting, and it sounds French to me. So do the French just have, like, two words for that? Well, no, a date is, like, on rendezvous. So, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's specifically the word I know. I only have high school French, so I'm not... I, see, I could I be completely wrong. Yeah, yeah some, somebody who actually speaks French is going to come in and be like, actually, in French, it has, like, 12 different meanings, depending on the circumstances. <laughs> but yeah. uh, from my high school level of French, I know that a, a date, I'm going on a date with somebody, is on rendezvous. Hmm. Well, I mean, so we already kind of established that rendezvous is at least some English word, even if it doesn't mean the same thing as French. And then tour de force is like a saying in English. So, yeah. like, if they call the Marc Deposé, like, people would be like, what the heck is that? Yeah, <laughs> but at least movies. they have some semblance of French in them, you know, while the other one, like, trademark yeah. and... uh headhunter yeah i feel like they could have called it they could have been like could have been like called it like mark de trade or something like that or 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 tet hunter sorry i i just used (laughs) i did yeah okay i want to i want a chamber spray in which like it's like you know the the miniature character caricature fuck english is hard you know what i'm talking about right well there's a character there and there's also a caricature yeah, that's of the, the second one. The character. Yeah, there's a caricature of a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want a caricature of Chamber, just like waving a white flag as a spray. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. love it. Yeah, just like, just like fuck like, me. Like the Yoru, like the Yoru combing. Yeah, yeah. I just want yeah. one of Chamber just waving a white flag. Yep, that would be pretty good. Um. Okay. Do we do we have enough time for like another topic? Yeah, yeah, we got something else. What, what's okay, up next cool, on the docket? Cool. Um, what's up next on the docket? And this one's actually been here for a while. So correct me if we've gone over this before and I just forgot to delete it. But um, we've got AFKs. I don't think we specifically covered I don't this. Know I don't if we, yeah, I don't think we specifically covered it. It's because I told you I would need to do research before we fucking went into this, but I'm down to talk about it because it's yeah, been so long okay. I'm not doing any fucking research. I'm down so. as well. However, I have to be the one to call an intermission here if you guys don't mind. Oh Absolutely. my god, it's not me? Fucking yeah, I know. It's wild. Right, Chase, you, got a, you got a cracked beer over there? Yeah, I got a cracked beer. Yeah, cool. Let me come taste this shit. Well, Cass, okay. I see you survived the arduous journey to ch- to uh, Chase's Chase room, room. You seem yeah, so uh, reluctant I, I to did. make on most occasions. Yeah, yeah. He it's a, it's a long walk. It's like maybe well, about... Yeah. We're also Ten seconds away. We're also typically some beer waiting for me at the end of the rainbow. That's true. He did That's come try good. my beer and uh, the the beer. What what were your thoughts, Cass? Um, it's a good beer. I'd like it as like okay. Let's say let's say I'm out at like Russell Brewery, for example, right? Like I physically went. There. Let me interrupt you, Cass. Yeah, I feel like you might want to actually discuss this on the podcast, even though we would normally save all the drunk stuff for the beginning. I feel like the people might want to hear this as well. Oh no! I yeah, assumed this would just be part of it. Yeah, I thought we'd already started. We'd come back from break. Oh so well, we're, we're I ruined it now. Well, okay, no, so no, no, no. Just keep going. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, we're good. We're good. Go yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if I were to like physically go to the brewery and like order a glass, 
or a pint or a sleeve or whatever it is that you would get in whatever volume uh, at the brewery, I would really enjoy it as like a one-off. I think it'd be really good. But however, I feel like I could not, or in the context of I'm buying a four-pack, it was too pineapple-y for me and led more into the sour than it did into the hazy IPA for my personal taste. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it is more of a sour. And I, I do like the pineapple a lot. Um, I probably like a pineapple more than I'd like a grapefruit, which would be Cass's uh, other side of that. But um, I like the fact that it's like a sour, but I still taste the hops. Like the hops are definitely there. And especially if you like take a sip and you think about the flavors that you're tasting, like the hops are really there as they would be in a hazy. Um, and it's weird that it works. Because I was actually thinking about this when I first cracked into this Widowmaker uh, earlier today and was taking a couple of sips from it. And I was like, huh, this is this is a bit pineapple-y for me because I'm not huge into pineapple with the exception of pina coladas. Uh, that's a separate thing and pina coladas are fucking amazing. But after having tried Chase's beer, in comparison, I barely taste the pineapple in this Widowmaker at all. Well, that's also funny considering that the Widowmaker is your favorite beer for the longest time. Oh, it was. Um, and I wonder if, like, I wonder if that was due to lack of, you know, having tried the volume of beers that I have tried to date versus back when I would say it was my favorite beer. But then in comparison, like, when, when Backcountry came out with their Dead of Night IPA, which is like incredibly similar to this Widowmaker, but um, used a lot more uh, Galaxy hops, and um, I'm not sure what else was. Like the Dead of Night was incredible. Yeah, like that beer was fucking incredible, and probably like like I'd put that on top three beers I've ever had. That's my favorite backcountry for sure. Like I would genuinely put that in top three beers I've ever had. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, so if you um, ever get the chance, if they ever come out with it again and you live in the British Columbia area, um, the Backcountry Brewing Dead of Night IPA is fucking incredible. So try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I'm wondering if that's just because my tastes have changed or if it's because I've tried more beers now. Because I, I feel like I have been leaning away from your more stereotypical fuck, this is an IPA, which is what I used to love. Um, but I've been kind of leaning away from that a bit more. And I, I like my, like, like I've been liking a lot of sours lately. I've been really enjoying your kind of, like, out there stuff. Um, rather than just the, the tried and true, I'm going to make a high IBU IPA that hits like a fucking truck. Yeah, I mean, if I have a couple more of these, I'm going to be AFK. <laughs> How about that yeah, for a transition? So I'm sure I've talked to both of you guys off podcast about this, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that, like, there's just nothing you can do about it. Like, it, it, it's something that, like, is always going to be there, and there's no good solution, because obviously people mostly complain about it in the context of 
you're in a competitive game. Maybe it's your rank up game. And somebody on your team goes AFK. And you're stuck playing most of the game 4v5. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, Um, okay. So, like, currently, Valorant does a couple of things. If someone fully disconnects, right, that's what we're talking about of, like, someone fully disconnects, you get shields on pistol round if it is uh, before the half, mm-hmm. right, as a 4v5. Four, four and you also get an orb every round, a free a free. You get orb. some extra money, too. Do you get some extra money? Okay. So, like, you can, what, you can more buy. readily full buy. You're going to get someone's ult up a little bit faster. Like, they're kind of little things. And I was, I've been thinking about it a lot, too, because I want there to be a solution. But I just don't know if there's anything else Valorant could do. Frankly, right? we're talking about people who legitimately go AFK rather than yeah. people who are AFK farming with, like, a, yeah. a small script. No, like we're talking AFK about, like, AFK. literally you're in a 4v5. Yeah, right, yeah. right. It, no. Like the server says, you are four versus five, and it's after round one, so you can't remake. Remake. Yeah. Um, now, uh, so CS:GO's solution to this, which has been brought up quite a bit over Reddit and whatnot, and like I'll, I'll lay out the argument against it afterwards. But like CS:GO's solution is, it they just spawn in a bot that plays as your imaginary fifth player, and you can kind of give instructions for the bot. And so you know how, like, when you use your command wheel or, like, scroll wheel or whatever it's called in Valorant, and you're, like, pushing here in three, two, one, or stuff like that, or, like, danger here, stuff like that. Um, I think it's on your comma button. Is it on your period button? I don't know. But, like, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. So the bot will listen to those instructions. So generally speaking, you can tell a bot to go somewhere or, like, hold some angle. And the bot just plays, like, a mediocre level. And then if somebody dies in your team, they can control the bot. Oh, cool. Um, And be that fifth player when they die. So the reason people have been going against, or have been going against that idea for Valorant is... If you've got someone on the team who's just like popping off, right? Like you got a Reyna, um, on like on your team who's just like really going off. People are saying, "Oh, like if someone's bottom fragging, she's just gonna bully them, or he's gonna bully them into leaving, so that they can have a second life every round." Is like the argument against it, which I'm not sure how much I'd buy into that, but like. Let's say our Viper AFKs. If I were to die first, I probably wouldn't really do be able to do much on Viper or Astra. Or yeah, I, I honestly almost think that this solution works better for Valorant because say you have the bot before anyone goes AFK. Uh, or like not before anyone goes AFK, before anyone dies. Um, the bot doesn't use any abilities. Okay, it can just stand there and it can shoot if it sees an enemy mm-hmm. at a mediocre level, right? When somebody like when somebody takes over that bot after they die, they then have have the ability to use abilities. Mm. Um and that could be very useful 
because you had previously lost all of that uh, that util. Um, it's still not going to be great because obviously someone needs to die for that to happen. And likely the person that's going to be going off in this instance that, you know, someone's really toxic, uh, they're, they're popping off, they're probably going to be a duelist. Now there are cases where it's not, but they're probably going to be a duelist and that yep. this other person is probably going to be someone like a Viper or an Astra or um, a Sage, you know, like, I I don't know. Yeah, but imagine Something like that. Go from like entering his jet to when you die, you get to switch over to Reyna. Yeah, but you died. You no longer get to use your the character that you have, and it's still an overall disadvantage for your team. Yeah, but I'm saying if you go in and you entry site and go, and again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But like, yeah. say you entry his jet, you go one for one on your entry, and it's like cool. Now our team has sight, and I just get to spawn in as arena. Well, in what case are you bullying your opponent to, to leave well, it'd be your as, teammate, like but... arena or yeah, your, your teammate to leave as arena, right? I feel like it's not, maybe I'm just too like strong headed. Someone can be giving me all the shit in the world. I ain't leaving that game, right? Like there's <laughs> nothing that's going to make me AFK other than internet issues. Yeah. If something physically breaks with my computer or connection, then I'll I'll have to go AFK, but I'm not leaving for another reason. So Jesus' house is literally burning down around him. He's being engulfed in flames. He's like, I I'm like, sorry, yo, flames. Well, I need the, I need this 15 RR. <laughs> Hold back a yep. second. I I gotta clutch this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't see. Sure, there are circumstances where it's possible you're gonna get more toxicity like that, but I feel like that's gonna be so rare, so yeah. rare where someone's going to bully somebody enough into them leaving a game so they can get a second life. That seems like a lot. No, like you, question, you have more oh, experience okay. with CSGO. Does that happen in CSGO? Um, not to my knowledge, but also like, I feel like in a similar vein to what you were saying, like I'm also kind of thick skinned. Um, and like very fucking stubborn. So no one's going to bully me out of a lobby. But I also feel like I just like, and maybe, maybe I'm just being like ignorant to it, but I feel like I haven't seen a ton of toxicity, if that makes sense. Like, like I can't deny that I've seen people being toxic as fuck in game, but not to the point where I'd want to leave or I feel like somebody else might want to leave, nor have I, or like, I think I can fairly confidently say I've never bullied anybody into AFKing. I've, like, I've certainly never seen you do anything close to that. I, I, I will occasionally spit on my teammates for doing stupid-ass shit. But I'm saying that over Discord, and I'm definitely not holding the V button for, like, push-to-talk while I'm doing it. Like, if I'm going to shit on somebody, I'll do that privately. And yeah, be I like, mean... that was a fucking stupid-ass decision. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. But I'm not going to tell that to them, so they don't know that I'm being toxic towards them. So at that point, am I really being toxic? Well, no, I think that's a completely separate thing. Yeah, it's with separate. your bros over Discord. Yeah, but like a week ago, I'd say I was in a game where uh, we had somebody being like, it seemed like all good. Like we had a bunch of comms and stuff. It was great, great lobby. And then um, there was maybe a viper 
that didn't get a clutch. And it like, you know, they whiffed a few shots or like played it in a dumb way. And, you know, they didn't get it. And, that, you know, immediately I go, oh, hey, nice try. And then the like another person on our team just starts tearing into them. Oh no! Right, oh, tearing man. into them like, oh, you should have, you should have won that. That was so easy. Why didn't you play it this way? The the viper immediately goes AFK, disconnects. Oh, so that no. is lit- that is actually this circumstance of they were bullied into disconnecting, and we were leading at this point. Like we're winning the game, and this person like was toxic enough that the other like that the viper on our team was like, fuck this, I don't want to be in this lobby anymore, and. I can see that happening. I just don't think it's a very common occurrence. Um, and at that point, I was like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Like, you just literally bullied our teammate into leaving. Yeah, We're going to lose this game now. Like, you could have just said, hey, nice try. You'll get him next time. Something along those lines. Like, and we would have been fine. We were winning the game. We're going to win this game. And now yeah. we're going to lose it. What did he say to that? Uh, fuck them. We're gonna do better without them. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I I feel like I am the first person to start shitting on myself. Like if I'm not having a yeah. good game, I'm the first person to be dogging on myself before any. Like all, that's true for all of us. Yeah. Right. Like does that? Like if I go up into something and I'm like I'm in a clutch and I play it stupidly or like I whip a bunch of shots, like I'm the first person calling myself out on that. But there, there is an there like me saying I'm never gonna go AFK. Like, yes, I'm not going to, even if someone's being very toxic to me. But I completely understand circumstances where people don't feel like that, where they feel like, hey, I'm in this game to have a good time. Why the fuck would I subject myself to this? Like, I'm just gonna leave, right? Like, I'm not gonna spend the next hour of my life being berated by somebody over like team chat. Yeah. And so, like, I completely understand that circumstance. And I might feel like that sometimes, but I'm still going to stay in. But that's no fault to the people who disconnect. Yeah, and and I'll say that I don't think I am as uh, either confident or strong-willed as either of you guys. That, like, I'm just thinking about uh, I played a game with Oliver and my dad uh, a couple of weeks ago. uh, A couple weeks ago. Yesterday is what I meant to say. And um, I had one of my worst games I've had in recent memory where after our defensive half, I had two kills. And uh, honestly, at that point, if there would have been an option for me to disconnect and our top frag, who was Oliver, to just control my body after he died, I probably would have done it, assuming he was open to it. Because I was like, I feel terrible right now in terms of my ability to play. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him to just have the extra life. and that was an unrated, so it, so I probably wouldn't have bothered with disconnecting. It's it's more of a scenario for comp that it actually matters. But like, I do feel like that's going to be a, possibly a consideration for some people if that if it gets to that point. See, I I see that as a more likely scenario where you know you're kind of with your buddies, right, or people that you're enjoying playing with, but you're doing terrible, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm going to lose RR either way here. I'm losing right. this game. Right. I might as well disconnect. You know what? I want, I think that they might have a chance at this if I'm not in the game and somebody else gets to control my body. Yeah. Um, well, so, and then you're I like, think- well, maybe they have, you're giving them more of a shot 
to win the game and actually gain RR while you're going to lose RR either way. Yep. Yep. That's exactly the calculus that would have gone on in my head had that been an option. I feel like they'd have to include a safeguard against like your own, somebody in your party might not be able to take over. I feel like that's, I feel like that's tough to go. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like statistically speaking, when we're playing, Right in a like okay, it doesn't even need to be a five stack, but like if we're all playing, we probably have a better chance of winning the more lives Alex has. Right, (laughs) true. Because the dude's just better than us. But think about it: the bot could die, and the bot most likely will die before. Well, it depends on what you tell the bot to do. Is the big thing, right? You could have the bot just play back in a safe angle. Yeah, the bot's just holding flank or whatever. And sure, if they flank really fast and they kill the bot, then okay, bot's dead. But like, generally speaking, then that makes up for the fact that you don't buy trademarks. <laughs> <laughs> the bot has alerted us <laughs> of the enemy's flank. Yeah, it's the best thing an AFK player can do is their field of vision ping somebody. Yeah, which like <laughs> I have, I've, I have actually had that save my life before. Um, uh, somebody in spawn on icebox was just AFK'd. And, like, somebody flanked out of, like, either A or B, and I saw them on my mini-map because they didn't clear, like, literal spawn on Icebox. Right. And, like, the the person who was AFK saw them. And I'm like, oh, shit, someone's on flank. I should go clear that. Yeah, I see that happen a lot. Or, you know, they die, and you're like, oh, I guess somebody's back there. Yeah. But, like, to your point, Cass, about, like, banning the someone from the same party taking over, I don't feel like that would necessarily solve the problem completely because in the scenario that I just described, it is true that Oliver was top fragging. So it would have been great for, ideally I would have liked for Oliver to get the extra life. But like in, uh, in a case where, you know, there's a, there's a rando top fragging, you're with two buddies. Like if you're still feeling like, wow, I just fucking am doing terrible right now. And my team would be better off having the extra life. You could still be okay with your top frag Reyna, who's a rando, taking your body if it gives your team a better chance to win, if you're invested in the game with your buddies. Perhaps, but, like, I don't know. Also, and, like, this is just my opinion on the matter, but, like, fuck that. I'm going to play the game out. Well, also, what are the odds that your top frag is the first one to die? Well, the thing is, they can actually enable them to die quicker. Because if you have your bot play in a safe area... Yeah, they can, it, it, take can control of afford, the it, it, it can kind of allow them to be, like, stupid aggro. Yeah, but they're yeah. going to rather, like, they're going to rather take their own character. They'd rather get the kill than die and have to take over this other player. Sure, but it, but it allows you to play in a more aggressive manner than perhaps you could otherwise, knowing you've got a second life. It's the same logic as, like, why Jet Phoenix is so ult? Or Phoenix Alt, right? Yeah. It's like, you, you know you're going to get, like, another shot. So you can do things that, like, that are more high risk, high reward, because the risk is mitigated. What if yeah. your bot gets, like, a Vandal when nobody's controlling it? And a, like, Ghost. When you you're controlling it. Like you don't get like the bot doesn't buy for you. You get a you get a pistol. Huh. 
You get you get like a ghost if you're going to control the bot. See, I feel like depending on the round, that could have more or less of an impact. Because in some rounds, yeah, you'd be like, oh, I'm stuck with the ghost. But I feel like there are a lot oh, of scenarios where there are guns on like, the ground. Yeah, there are just guns on the ground. Like, yes, it might suck in certain like, contexts to go collect a gun that's on the ground. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you just get a classic. Maybe you don't even get a ghost, like, right? But... But I guess you get the util, which, like, we're saying is kind of the more important part. Yeah, because that's what you're missing out on. Yeah. Right, and you didn't have that util to exec onto site. Mm-hmm. So if it's, like, a Viper or something, that could be huge, right? It's still not – I don't think it's an advantage. Overall, you're still at a disadvantage, and that's yeah, you're the – you're still down a man. Yeah. This is, this is the thing that we're trying to solve here, right, is that if somebody goes AFK, you should maybe always be at a disadvantage. Right, you shouldn't be yeah. the th- the thing that you were were trying to, or like at least a- even play in field at most. You should there's, never there's, be at an advantage. Where you should be at an advantage. Yeah, there should not be circumstances where you're at an advantage having one person be AFK. And so, how like currently, there's no circumstances where you're even close to even. This is true. Pistol round. I might argue against that just by nature of you getting white shields. Or people on your team getting white shields is the same amount of health that that fifth person got. Just good. Okay. There. And then it also enables you to buy other stuff or like you can get right. white shields, frenzy white shields, like buys that you might otherwise not be able to even potentially think about. Like well, I, it's I just something just... plus light shields. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, like as Jed, I could buy Sheriff and have Light Shields on top of that. As a person um, that never buys Shields first round, it's I'm just buying my same, but I also have Shields. Right, right. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. that, like, there, there is a circumstance <laughs> in which I can see how in first round it is potentially advantageous. Potentially. Depends on who leaves, what their util is that you are now having to do without. And, and you're in a 4v5. Yeah, but I think it's still a, a disadvantage overall. Right. I'm just saying that, like, like just specifically because in Pistoran, you're more likely to just, like, death ball onto site. That, like, you being down a man is less important, especially if you're on offense in pistol round. Yeah, defense pistol round being down, down a man is worse, yeah, for defense sure. defense pistol round being down a man is worse, for sure. Um, But I feel like you, like... I, I'm not trying to say it's an advantage. I'm just saying I could see that being potentially equal in pistol round specifically. I could kind of see that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can, I can kind of see it. And yeah. I, I think that the light shield is a good buff, but I'm not saying that, that you keep that if uh, if you add the bot. Oh, no, they should not keep that if you add the bot. Absolutely yeah. not. Um. So I, what I'm saying is, is is there a circumstance where the bot is an overall advantage, or is it so rare well, yeah. that it would okay. rarely what ever if, happen? Okay, but, like, you know how we're giving this bot mediocre, like, shooting skills? If someone gets fucking dumpstered by a bot, like, like you're going to go and bitch about that. You're like, what the fuck? I peeked, like, I peeked their spawn trying to flank, and this bot fucking one-tapped me with a vandal. I'm saying that this bot might have to shoot you four times in the chest. That's just kind of hard to code. I guess I don't actually know it anything just about coding. It cannot so like, hit 
headshot. The, the bot like, is aiming at the chest, and then the player crouches, and so it hits them in the head. Yeah, like I, I like I, I feel like no matter what happens when you add bots, people are going to bitch about it in either way. Like, oh, this bot isn't good enough. Like, this bot's a fucking joke. Or on the other hand, like, what the fuck? This bot just one tap me. Yeah. Like, no, like. I feel well, like, but the thing is, was that in a circumstance where the a player would have one v three? Yeah, the boss, no, the bot's not going to clutch a one v three. Well, so the bot can't clutch a one v three because when somebody dies, they take over the bot. What? Well, true. 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 Right. So there's no, yeah. there's never a bot after one other person dies on your team. Yeah. Right. And and like I'm saying, if you're exacting onto site, it's. Like, maybe your jet dies and takes space, and in that case, they're taking over. But most of the time, if that jet is your top frag, they're not dying immediately. Like, <laughs> somebody else is your... Because they wouldn't be top frag if they died immediately every round. I mean, they could be top frag if they go one and one every round. Well, maybe not. Okay, but, like, well. they occasionally <laughs> they occasionally go... It's not a very good game. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah the one, rest of your team better be one. doing dog shit. I'm saying like like sometimes the jet entries and gets like a multi frag, and then other times the jet entries gets one kill and then dies. You know, like like I have had multiple games where I'm at the top of the leaderboard, but I also have a fuck ton of deaths. It happens less now that I play chamber, uh, but like generally speaking, like it is possible to be at the top of the leaderboard and die most rounds. Yeah, but are you the first dying on your team? Possible. Maybe not. But not every time. But maybe not, yeah. So I'm saying, like, I feel like this is the first somewhat viable solution. If I knew that I had, like, a life to fall back on, like, I might play, like, ridiculously aggro. Just be like, fuck it, I'm gonna push their spawn. Is the, the question is, is that better than having your fifth man there? That's, that's all that matters. Well, is, the is it better than having... Okay, I mean, I played a game the other day where I was fucking, like, a 1 in 12 until we got to defense. I ended up about even at the end of the game, but, like, throughout the first half of that game, literally anybody else on the team who died and could have taken over my body would have done a better job on offense than me. Yeah, so that raises the question for people who feel like they're much better on one side. What if they AFK for that side and then come back for the other side? Like what? If, what if you do that, Cass? What if you AFK when Alex is playing on offense and then come back for defense? Then say, Alex, go play hyper aggressive. He dies first every round because the yeah. thing is, you know, if he if he's first into sight, if he gets a three K and kills everyone on sight, then we get the sight and we win the round. And then if he goes in and dies, he gets the extra life. And then you come back on defense and take back over. And now all of a sudden you're an op god just doming everyone. That could be a kind of a way to cheese the system for people who are stronger on one side. Like when I play a duelist, I'm often stronger. I don't play jet so very often. So like, and if I do, I don't op. So like, I'm almost, if I play a duelist, I'm better on offense. So it could be the reverse that way for me. Yeah. There's, there's some, it's tough because you, you want to make it so that there's some way that even if that person that went AFK is your bottom frag, that it's still not advantageous to you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're on the team that has a person go AFK, it fucking sucks. You're losing that game, right? Like, like yeah. that sucks. 
is there any other circumstance like any other option to fix that right um because no. you can't have like the game have a possibility of a forfeit or something because then if you're losing bad someone's just going to go afk you're going to either bully someone or someone in your party or some like it's just going to go afk so that the rest of you don't have to lose our yeah so right. that, that just, I feel like that's work. just out. That's not a possibility. Yeah, I feel like one solution is to um, change the way AFK penalties work so that it continue so that it weights or weights more heavily the number of rounds that you're AFK, and also and applies it. Well, I mean, I will say I've sometimes been AFK for like one round and gotten like the AFK warning afterwards. Right, but you you weren't banned. Well, true, but I I don't think you get banned for AFKing for entirely for like one game. No, you do. Oh, yeah, you. you do. I mean, well, I was in a game earlier today where somebody was like, "Oh, I might have to go AFK." Fuck, that means I'm gonna be banned for a couple of days. So oh, maybe they it. maybe they consistently go AFK and I like, but <laughs> like yeah. that's no, part I, of the I, system, I do right? You get. I do believe you get if you like go AFK for the rest of the game. I do believe you get like banned for like a decent amount of time and then i've been like our internet went down one day more it's a consistency thing sometimes it's a warning sometimes it might be a couple of minutes right like i'm saying i've gotten like a 15 to 30 minute penalty before because our internet went down and like i I missed like six to eight rounds of a game and by the time i got the internet back up like i was able to rejoin the game and play out the rest of the game which i think if they don't already have this in their calculations absolutely should begin impact like whether you come back and finish a game yeah after you've afk'd i think should drastically reduce what your ban should be otherwise yeah assuming especially the bot thing isn't a system and honestly i as much as i can kind of see what chase is saying that maybe the bot system works well because it in most cases isn't as good as having the fifth player and it helps mitigate the suckiness of losing a player to afk I doubt Riot's going to do it, and a large part of that is just because they've shown so little effort in coding bots, particularly given the practice range bots, which yeah. are buggy and weird. Um, like, the idea of doing that, of being smarter about the AFK detection, and then the other thing which I haven't thrown out yet, sorry, when I say AFK detection, I mean penalties for AFKs based on both rounds and if you come back. Um, the other thing that I haven't mentioned is I think the AFK system should be... Um, should be like cheating detection where it's a hardware thing and not a account thing because I've definitely had scenarios where someone was being very toxic and like clearly a smurf and then just not doing very well and then just like dipped and it was pretty clear they're like okay you know fuck this account I'm gonna go play on another account so like I feel like it would make sense to have those bans apply it's assuming that they're comp, I'm pretty sure these are only comp bands we're talking about, not unrated. Yeah. Like, like yeah, that should apply across any any account that has the same hardware ID. Um, and I think if you do that, if you're smarter about applying the AFK penalty, like Cass was saying, if someone comes back, and then it applies across hardware, so people can't be like, ah, I don't like this game. I'm going to go play on a different account. I think that could help, you know, disincentivize people from AFKing for dumb reasons. While also not punishing people too bad who, you know, their mom calls them to do chores if they're a kid or their internet goes out and then they're able to get it back. What do you guys think? I mean, 
the thing is, I feel like there's just people that are going to go AFK no matter what, right? Like, mm-hmm. there there are times when the same situation I was talking about earlier today, where the person said I might have to go AFK, um, but I'm going to be banned for a couple of days or whatever. Like, he, he ended up not going AFK, but he was like, hey, my boss called. He wants me in to work early. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you're going to have to go AFK there. Right, he he ended up not he himself. He he was like, okay, I can finish it out. Um, so like he maybe was getting ready for work. He was AFK for a couple rounds, Mm -hmm. but like never the game never detected him as AFK or whatever. Like never disconnected fully. Um, and it was fine. What whatever, like he finished it out. But even in that circumstance where he did have to leave, right? It happens. He's not going to get a big ban from that because it's not a consistent thing. It's like a one-time thing, but it still sucks for everybody else on the team. Oh yeah. So how do you, it, the point of this is how do you make it better for every, yeah, less shitty for everybody else on that team. That's like, like, we I, can't do anything about this. I I don't think there's a good way to go. Like, I don't think there's a good way to go about it. Like I, I, I really don't. And like, I've run like mentally just like through my head, like I've run a bunch of circumstances through and like, I I can't think of a good way to solve the problem because every single thing that I kind of think of that like you know would be fair to people in game is abusable is, in some way. Yeah, is abusable in some way. And and like a lot of the abusability of it relies on a really toxic person who's in your lobby, but you know, you, you can't really give people the benefit of the doubt in that regard. No, but, like, you can try someone, it out. But someone's gonna be a fucking asshole about it. Like, that's why we can't have nice things. Someone's gonna go and fuck it up for people, right? Like, like Yeah, like, like Rainbow Six Siege, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, removed the ability to kick players because it was just so much of a toxicity thing, oh, even yeah. though it makes like, sense that you should be able to kick someone who, you know, clearly isn't, uh, is, is being toxic or is just not taking the game seriously for some reason, or is having some kind or kick, of a problem. Right? Yeah. Clutch or kick. Yeah. Right? Like, I haven't played CS in a while. I don't know if that's still a feature or not. I'd assume it still is, but like, like, yeah, the amount of times that like that comes up and then like, it's just a meme at this point. But, like, the fact that people still follow through on it anyway is, like, kind of funny, almost. But still, like, you're getting kicked from a game because you didn't win a clutch? Like, you're in a 1v3. Someone's, like, clutch or kick. And you lose it because you're in a 1v3, and then that vote goes up, and everybody's like, eh, for the memes, and then hits, like, yes. And now you're kicked from the game. You know? Um, it's like things like that will, people will find a way to abuse them. Um, and like people are constantly like online talking about specific on Reddit, just like, oh, like there should be like RR forgiveness if like somebody on your team goes AFK. Right. Um, But you can't do that because then you can make somebody go AFK or you can have one of your buddies take the fall for the rest of you. Right. So like that, I feel like that's. Like we said, it's already off the table. But I think that the bot thing is the best solution I've heard so far. Uh, and you can try to adjust that so that it falls in the right way, like range where you're better than your the current circumstance, 
where you get nothing but an orb and a little extra money. Um, okay, but I, but I, it's not, it's not too good, right? Like I've also been in multiple games before where it's like, yo, we kill their Reyna, we're good. Yeah, and if that right? Reyna so, got, and then if that Reyna all of a sudden got a second life, it's like, well, shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I think then we're combining a lot of problems that are separate yeah, because like we are. We often are that's like oh of... if we kill their smurf we're good yeah i know the particular game i'm talking about like uh it was me playing with alex and kate's um and the enemy the enemy reyna was not smurfing we checked their like tracker after the game um just really good game yeah, they just popped off. They were gold three, they peaked at plat three, and they just had disgusting aim. Like, besides the one round where she run and gunned me with a specter, she one-tapped me. And was over half of my death the entire game. Wow. Um, oh, like, she was just, she had a really fucking good game. Uh, like, she wasn't smurfing. But the rest, like, she was at 20 kills when the rest of her team was, like, single digits. Right. Like, it's like, if that person all of a sudden got a second life, we'd be fucked. Like, I genuinely think the scoreboard went, like, Reyna, 23, and then, like, their second frag on their team had, like, six. I That's feel like you, you, you can make it not that like that big of a deal maybe maybe the uh if you're top frag you don't get to have the second life how about that i i feel like that's just like now we're just tossing in like a shit ton of qualifiers into this yeah, whatever but yeah. tossing a fuck ton of qualifiers someone went afk right there's a fuck ton of qualifiers and a lot of things right right i don't like I, I... if you're top frag you don't get to take over the bot So, like, the average person on your team then, quote-unquote, gets to take over this bot. So then they're an average person, right? But again, like, as I pointed out earlier, like, we're still dealing with the fact that there's a bot in the game and somebody's going to get fucking pissed off. They just get one tap by this bot. Which you've said, like, okay, maybe the bot just doesn't hit headshots, but, like... Or they have a gun that can't hit one-tap headshots. I don't know. Also, if if the bot is at a level where maybe you can get one tap by the bot, but you had to really fuck up to do it. Well, I just feel like coding bots is hard because like and like okay, so leaning back towards like um like Super Smash Bros. Melee, the other game that we used to play quite a bit of. The only way you can make a bot good because a bot can't play neutral is to make them have a disgusting punish game. So to bring that back to more valorant terms because the bot doesn't have or you can't really code game sense into a bot the only thing you can do to make the bot good is give it disgusting mechanics right and so the question is like how do you balance that because that's something that's super fucking hard to to deal with from like a coding perspective at least to my knowledge of coding which is not a lot but like to make a good bot you can't like unless you literally have an ai which would be hard 
to fucking do in the first place. But like it, the the bot just isn't going to have game sense in any capacity. So the only way to make this bot even mediocre is give it disgusting mechanics. And then is See, that I don't think you, I don't think you need to make it good. I think that you just need to make it better than a fucking one single alt orb. If it, if the bot is better than an alt orb, it's good. But okay, but if the bot isn't good enough, it's a negative alt orb because you give the enemy team an alt orb from this bot. Mhm. Right? Like it I'm like is this bot comes down to like Sorry, is, like, okay, is this bot going to be different if I'm in a Radiant lobby versus whether I'm in an Iron lobby? I mean, well, my original that... thought is no. So then you have to make this bot mediocre for an Iron lobby, which means that once you get into the higher ranks, this bot is going to be literally worth nothing, and you'd probably rather have the Altor. Well, the question, too, becomes how how clear and detailed the uh, bot commands are. Because it seems like if you are in the scenario we described where you have a player who's doing really well, or maybe two players who are doing really well, like, and you're in a Radiant Lobby, you're not going to have the bot push with your team. You're going to have the bot just, like, sit in some dumb corner so that they're ready to be controlled by someone who dies. Even, even if you don't have someone who's taking the lead and kills. So... I think then the question becomes is like how how well does that interface work of the of commanding the bot and like would you rather have the alt orb than having to manage a bot to serve as an extra life for someone? Yeah, I mean you could also just take out the bot entirely if you wanted to and just say whoever dies first dies first respawns and spawn. As the character that went AFK. That's interesting. And if somebody has already taken your spawn. Then you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. Eh, I don't like that idea. It just seems too. The bot idea is like pushing the limits of what I think like should. Well, this is removing the bot. This is just taking one aspect of the bot. This is taking it. To the point where, like, I just completely disagree. Well, I, I'm I saying think, that completely, like, I don't understand why you're. it's taking it to a further point. I feel like this is taking it back because it's only doing half yeah. of what we said the bot would do. Other than the circumstance where you could kill the bot before anyone else dies. Yeah, I just feel like you should, like, the enemy team should be able to potentially kill the bot. And also, like, you shouldn't just be able to, like, reset on it's a fucking tack shooter like like i i feel like yeah you get you get a respawn mid-round. i feel like you shouldn't be able to spawn mid-round with the exception of like obviously phoenix alt allows you to kind of spawn mid-round but like i think that i think it's fine have have them have them spawn mid-round back in spawn as I, the I other character like can't be your top frag uh i don't like that yeah, I think the problem with that, that I don't know if it's enough of a problem to be significant, but, like, the problem, like Cass said, when it comes to the top frag, but it applies to anyone, is that you can play, like, so much more aggressively if you have a free extra life. Like, that can, that can dramatically improve your ability on your first life to do things you couldn't otherwise do if you know that you're getting to respawn afterwards. Also, like, I have no util left. <laughs> 
I'm one HP. Fuck it. I'm gonna go die. I'm gonna respawn with full health and shields. And util. Yeah, but you're you're more useful with one HP than ha- being a man down. Because somebody's gonna not, respawn. But, but we're not a man down if we respawn. You are. Or if I respawn. You are still. Because you can consider this extra life, quote unquote, as somebody who's just not on site, playing back, not doing much. Yeah, but like if I'm if I'm the person that's at one HP, it kind of makes sense for me to die and try to get back to site as quick as possible. Then somebody on your team potentially. Why? Because you could you could get that headshot. And then the second person that peeks you, yeah, but I'm saying like not like I'm kills not gonna, you, and then you I'm respawn. Not, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna go kill myself, but like you can play more aggressively and be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this dual CT. If I win it, I win it, and if I don't, I'm just gonna spawn back in. Is that better than having a fifth you person still alive on site? No, is it better than having the fifth person there in the first place? Well, now we're getting into who's the fifth person. Is this person literally Owen fucking 16? Maybe. Yeah. Am I going to bully someone to leave a fucking game? No. But, like, could I see that being abused? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I understand circumstances where it, it doesn't work, but there are circumstances where a lot of things don't work in Valorant. Mm-hmm. Right? So thinking of very specific circumstances where something isn't the most ideal, I don't think is going to get us any closer to where we're trying to be. I don't know. I like, like I, I I know that like I kind of started this whole topic with like bringing up the idea of the bot and everything, but like, I, I feel like where AFKs are right now is just kind of where it is. And I feel like perhaps they could get stricter on their AFK penalties to try and disincentivize people from going AFK, but there's just a lot like of times of... where you where people it's not an incentive thing. It's a I have to, right? Or right. I, did. I understand that, but like that's like okay, I like I I think we can try and cut down on the people who are just like oh, I'm having a bad game. I don't want to play this right now. Like you know, I'm not having fun. Like, I'm I'm not killing anybody. I'm getting one-tapped every time I peek an angle. I just want out of this. And you know what? I just played this game before I started my shift at work. I, like, I can't be online and queue for a game for the next eight hours anyway. I'm just going to go AFK. Right? I think we can cut down on that. But, like, and yes, it'd be, like, I, I do think that the same circumstance creates a scenario in which it's potentially unfair or kind of even potentially mean. To the people who, you know, their internet goes down. Or like, you know, they, they get a call being like, hey, your your significant other's in the hospital. And you go AFK for those reasons. Like, it could be potentially rough on them. But also, if you're in that kind of situation, I feel like your ban from Valorant is not a top priority. It's like, yo, I got other shit in my life going on. I got to go deal with this. And if you get a hefty ban from that, like, you know what? Kind of so be it. And I think that's the kind of stuff that we can cut down on. But, like, I, I don't know how much you can do about the rest of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's just not the problem that we're, like, it is a problem that we're trying to solve, but it's not the problem that I'm thinking of that we're trying to solve. But I guess we, we can agree to disagree on, on this and, and wrap up the topic for now. Um, I, I think Hunter's falling asleep over there. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just looking at him with his eyes closed for a little yeah. little while. I'm, I'm wondering if he's trying to digest the conversation or just conked out. I, I am very tired. I, I'm still listening, but I was starting to doze off a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So we 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 can wrap it up for now. Uh, we were wondering if we're going to have enough content for this episode, and we've had. Of course, we do. There's never yep. a lack of content. So. Yeah. <laughs> but our um our docket is now dry as fuck. Yeah, so hit that uh, topic suggestions um, like channel in our Discord. Uh, the yeah, link's in our description. Give it, give it some things episode. to talk about. Now, I mean, hopefully by next week we'll have some more updates on maybe some new character shit or the whatnot, but... I don't know, maybe yeah. we'll just have to start talking about the competitive scene. It's uh, it's two weeks from, from now for the, the big patch, so we probably won't, well, it'll probably be the competitive stuff like Chase was saying. Yeah, all, all right. right. Well, it sounds good. Chase, you want to close this off here? Yeah, yeah, it was a good time talking to you guys. We'll drink with you later.